0: Real, you can have like the just casual just around bathhouses, or you can have the let's put our penises in each other bathhouses. So it's like,
1: <laughs> well, that's a real graphic start to the episode, boys. Yep. Like, <laughs> know, like, we just started rolling and scene. Yeah. All right, so we're done. <laughs> yep. You just wanted the Facebook shit. We can get out of here real yeah. fast. <laughs> Stranger things Season three wasn't as good as we were going to make it out to be anyway,
2: so that's fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Oh, yes. Well, we will call that preamble. And welcome back, dear listeners, to Dance Robot Dance Hour, 159th episode. The gang is back together after multiple weeks of travels all over the fucking world. I am Tim. I will be hosting this week. I am back from California, where I was for like a fucking week and a half in a mix of business and pleasure, which I'm sure we'll hear about later. And with me, we've got Paul. Hello. From South Korea. And Mark from Milton. So we were like, we were like 50-50. Like, I mean, we said California and Florida, so we basically <laughs> got it. Right? Sure. You know? Lord, sure. <laughs> I mean, at this point, your whole country's on fire. What difference does yeah, it make You're way? not so. fucking wrong there. So. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like I've been out of the loop like fucking forever, even though it was only like a week that I took off. But uh, yeah, how have you guys been? Good.
0: It, you know, the fucking hot summer. I'm hiding in my apartment. In the air conditioning. Well, I had to turn the air conditioning off for the recording, but like it is 37 degrees Celsius here in Korea, feels like 44. And uh, uh, okay. I'm not going to devolve into an existential crisis about our <laughs> current global weather problems, but like. Uh,
1: <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, 24 degrees Celsius right now, 23 degrees Celsius, sorry, in Milton right now with a few clouds. Beautiful today. Uh, and also go fuck yourself. Home time, boys. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's about 30 in Atlanta right now. So, not too bad. Yeah. Well, we just slogged through like a month of yeah. that. So, yeah. that. Oh, either way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's no secret, you guys mentioned last week on the episode that I did Star Wars Land and Galaxy's Edge last week. But I think that I'll, we'll probably end up doing like maybe even a bonus episode, like Trip Report or something like that. We'll see. We haven't really decided uh, mm-hmm. that yeah. yet. So, for now, you know, I didn't want to just like fucking, you know, ignore that because that was fucking huge so yeah we will get to that you will hear about that uh, i'm sure at some point but for now let's get into this week's nerdy news that is not just my nerdy news i'm going to start off with the one that you guys fucking set me up for last week uh with the amazon prime lord of the rings show announcing their group of creators yeah a lot of it was like the the showrunners which had already been announced but they announced like a whole bunch of writers producers directors all of which have generally speaking, excellent pedigrees. There's, you know, these are people that have worked on some of the best shows on TV in the past like decade or so. So that's pretty promising. But the two that were really exciting for me are the the very last two, I think, in that video that they released, which is John Howe, who's a renowned Tolkien artist who was on the production design team for the Lord of the Rings movies. And Look up his stuff. It is really cool. And you can immediately see, like, okay, that's where they pulled a lot of the visual inspiration from in the Lord of the Rings movies. And then a Tolkien scholar named Tom Shippey, who is one of the eminent Tolkien scholars of the world, has done some great stuff uh, with respect to Tolkien's languages and his world. And so the fact that they have those two people on board gives me a lot of confidence that they, if those people have a significant voice in the making of the show, that they're gonna put together something pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I saw that video too and I'm like cautiously optimistic about this show. Like I think that they they obviously are going to put a lot of care into like Amazon, I think Amazon Prime really wants its Game of Thrones moment. Yeah. Like it really needs to bolster its profile if it's gonna like be a competitor in the streaming wars. Arguably just had his Daredevil moment with yeah. the boys though. So yeah, that's... that that is becoming like it's already like the most streamed show on Amazon Prime now, so...
1: I need to finish that. Yeah, my vacation really put a,
0: put that on fucking pause, but what I have seen of it so yeah. far, I like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it, because, like, although there, I've been hearing reports, like, the new Lord of the Rings can't use much of Tolkien's plot, but I'm like, no duh, they're gonna be using, like, a lot of the notes and appendices and stuff like that. But that was... Yeah.
1: it's all Yeah, it's all Second Age, and Tom Shippey has gone on record now in terms of confirming that um, they're pretty much limited to the second age, which is well before the events that most people are familiar with in terms of Lord of the Rings, but it's also after all of the sort of creation myth kind of stuff. That's the early chapters of the Silmarillion. So it's an interesting period and something that a lot of people aren't very familiar with. So my hope is that they just don't go too deep into like pandering to fans of the movies and being, you know, just forcing in like links to
0: characters or places that are familiar kind of thing. So, You mean like they did in the Hobbit movies, where they're like, find Aragorn, and he's like 10 years old at that point, or whatever? And Legolas was even (laughs) there to begin with, because, yeah. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: uh, yeah. Anyway,
1: I'm a little disappointed they're bringing the same production artist back, or like the guy who'd get the overall concept art back, just because I was hoping they would kind of go a different direction. Yeah. I'm sure that they want to have some visual consistency with the movies, so that people aren't just like, oh my god, this is like really jarringly different. But it's also a very different age, and John Howe's a, a talented enough guy that I'm sure he can come up with like a distinct visual style for this age compared to what's already been put on the screen. So we'll see. I hope so. That's that, that would yeah. be what I would be looking for in that, like a different. Yeah. Vision. Yeah. Well, they're looking at like different peoples, like without going, getting in too much detail in the lore, like Numenorians and stuff like that, who are uh, sort of a a, a, a long lived race of men, and I think that there's it's definitely going to have settings in a very different part of Middle Earth than what people are used to. So in news that did come out this past week, but you guys probably wouldn't have covered even if it had, oh no, this did come out uh, before you guys recorded last, but is of more interest to me than to you. Universal Studios in uh, Orlando has announced a whole new theme park called Epic Universe that they basically just released like, concept art for like an overall view of it and said that it's coming and showed where it's going but haven't said anything about like what properties it's going to cover what lands or anything like that so now people are just speculating like crazy but some of the big rumors and some of the concept art seems to bear this out is that one of the lands will be the long rumored Nintendo land they've been talking about for ages mm, you know probably with like yeah. stuff like Mario Kart kind of ride maybe like a Zelda ride that kind of thing probably some Pokemon stuff and then also another Wizarding World area probably themed more towards the Fantastic Beasts movies. Those are all rumor at this point. The only thing that we know is sort of what the actual park looks like, but a whole new fucking theme park is big news, especially with the potential for massive properties like that. Yeah,
0: because they're already building the Nintendo theme park in yes. Japan. Like, that's set for 2020 yeah. release. So, like, they're just going to transplant the same concept over. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. And, like, Oh my God. The one thing I regret about leaving Korea when I'm leaving is that I'm not going to be able to easily <laughs> access that because I really want to go. Like, just, oh God, I want it so bad. Uh, you know what? Orlando's not that far away from Ontario, you know? Not skip Skipping a jump. So yeah. I'm really
1: excited about that. That Buffalo Airport makes getting down there real easy. So uh... Yeah, absolutely. Let's see, in other universal news and sort of going back to unfortunately the fucking world being on fire right now, do you guys heard of this Universal Pictures movie, The Hunt? Yes. I mean, yeah, every variety so I kind of hear about everything now. So there's yeah, that. so it was basically a take on the old like most dangerous game kind of idea where like people are hunting people for sport and in this case it was going to be essentially like wealthy elite liberals hunting what is basically like quote-unquote, deplorables, like uh, lower-class white folks for sport. And Trump tweeted about it and was not happy about it and got the movie pulled from the release schedule. I, I don't understand why, like... I mean, the concept sounds fucking stupid, first of all. I just, like, it does. It had big names. Did it really? Yeah. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah, well, it was co-written by David Lindelof, starring Hilary mm-hmm. Swank uh, and Emma Roberts. Yeah, so, I mean, decent fucking star power behind it. Uh, but I think between that and like more fucking mass shootings recently, yes, you know, they decided, yeah, they were gonna probably not release
0: this, so yeah, because we don't need to get another fucking movie theater shot up. Like, uh, what was, it, the, the, was it during a uh, bad
1: It was dark, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, part of me thinks that like. This movie probably had something interesting to say about gun violence and at least was going to, you know, try and parody some shit. But so it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't like censoring art for the most part, you know, long as it's not like blatantly offensive or racist or sexist or something like that. And so I don't know. It's just shitty that they basically caved to a Trump tweet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. Yeah. It's just bullshit. It's cowardly, and they yeah. should release. Like, it is anyway. the movie done? I thought and you like. I, God, I don't know. Oh yeah, it was
1: ready okay. to be released. It was due to be yeah. released in September.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They'll probably put it on
1: streaming or something like that. We'll see it. Quietly, it'll pop up somewhere. I'll yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, and in other shitty world is on fire news. I mean, we don't need to really talk too much about the fucking shootings this past week in uh, El Paso and in Dayton, but the El Paso one did happen in a uh, Walmart, and Walmart has since in a fucking massive act of avoidance, told their stores to remove signage relating to violent video games. And I only mention this because it relates to fucking video games, which we do talk about this, but not to fucking, you know, stop selling firearms or ban open carry in their stores or anything like that, but it's probably the violent video games that are causing it. Those are only sold in America. They're not sold in any other country in the world. Yeah, I don't play them all. I play all of them. So... Yeah, I don't know.
0: So, I've been playing a video game where a woman wears like boots that can kill monsters. So, I'm going to become a woman that wears boots to kill monsters. And this is going to be really exciting. that can be your drag race persona. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Miriam from Blood State. That sounds great. Actually, I would at least watch that. I would totally watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty fucking that would be a I'd fucking, fucking sick it. look though. I would take the yeah. bring it to the runway. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is the most tone-deaf bullshit. Like, we did something kind of thing that Walmart could have possibly done. You know, like, I don't know. Just, what the fuck is wrong with America? Like, fuck off. Sorry, American listeners, but like... Yeah,
1: I have a feeling any of our American listeners are probably of a similar mind, so... And if they're not, fucking come at us, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Except not with guns. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Tim is in Atlanta, so I mean, like, you may want to tone that one down. All right, moving on from that depressing shit onto stuff that probably only Paul is going to be upset about. Game of Thrones creators, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, have just inked a massive deal Uh, With Netflix, very little in the way of details of it in terms of what they're going to be working on. Uh, But it sounds like they're going to be sort of developing properties for it, whether it's, you know, completely new properties or licensed properties or what. But the deal has been reported to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars
0: range. So Mm -hmm. It's so cool that like nine shows mostly run by women were canceled. And these guys got to fail upwards into a nine figure deal, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Hopefully Netflix will just never actually produce any of their properties because they're all gonna be shit anyway. So <laughs> not, anyway. The, not the anyway. Not.
1: Well the other <laughs> argument is like how much longer is Netflix gonna be uh, a viable yeah. platform? They're losing all their Marvel right. and Disney stuff and Yeah. They're losing all the Marvel and Disney shit. Like all the movie studios are gonna be cordoned off and behind like I mean Fox and Disney goes in the fall. And HBO Max Ooh. is going to take over for all the Warner stuff in the fall as well, mm-hmm. which means all that shit's off that. So, like, Netflix is <laughs> yep. going to be all originals. And, like, the only originals that are on there that I care about are stuff that they don't produce anymore. And I guess kind of Stranger Things, although after this season, <laughs> yeah, that's up for fucking debate. And then, uh, yeah, so, like, maybe that gets canceled and I'll just go over my MCU shows and
0: fuck yeah. Netflix. Like, I don't really care. They canceled a show that I was really excited about, uh, Tuca and Birdie. Oh, yeah. I started watching Bojack Horseman, and I was like, oh, "Okay, you know what?" I like as the series progressed, I started to enjoy it more. But I liked Tuco and Birdie from the get go, like from the very beginning. I really enjoyed it, and then they're just like, "No, it's gone." And then like they announced this, like they canceled this in the OA, which I was kind of eh, about, but like then they hired those two guys, yeah, yeah, showrunners, and like, yeah, I do where see I where
1: know. you're coming from. I mean it is impossible to ignore the fact that these guys are responsible for show running the most successful cable show probably of all time. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I agree that, you know, there were a lot of shows that did get the ax on Netflix and it's very likely related to this. So, and a lot of those were yeah. like, you know, either female run shows. And so, although I think one of them like mm-hmm. orange in the new black, I think might've got put on that list and it like it's seven seasons. Like that was, it's time to go. And I'm saying that yeah, like, as yeah. I'm, like, 20 minutes away from the end of the finale right now. So, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Talking about other streaming services. So, uh, I have been watching Runaways, but have not watched Cloak and Dagger yet. But apparently there is going to be a crossover episode between the two. So, there's this mini sort of shared universe within a shared universe kind of thing going on. Which is interesting. And I mean, you know, they're both, like, kind of teenage teenager shows. So, kind of makes sense. I mean, Cloak and Dagger actually factored into the Runaways' original run like massively. You Remember that old BKV mm-hmm. run? Like They were all over that run. So it's actually kind of cool that they're getting to like tie those two properties together the way that they've always kind of been linked in the comics since Runaways has been a thing. So, Yeah. I don't fucking watch either show. I mean, I watched the first season of Runaways because we think we reviewed it, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I haven't watched any of the new stuff. I was planning on getting back into it because I want to watch that Liz Hurley as... Oh more, more Morgan Le Fay. that's yeah. it, Morgan Lafay. I wanted to get back into it because Elizabeth Hurley's playing Morgan Fay next year, which sounds fucking awesome, so yeah, maybe I'll check this crossover out because I, I like I mean, I like the first season of runaways. it just didn't inspire me to be like rush out and keep watching it, I guess, so yeah, and they got me with Liz Hurley, so there you go, yeah, and I'm always a sucker for like larger continuity kind of stuff, so if they start yeah. building out these these out into a larger continuity, then I, I'm there for that.
0: It's weird too because they yeah. are
1: both shows are set in the MCU, they're just not, they don't really interact. It's kind of like the Netflix yeah. situation, yeah. They're just kind of like there, so
0: yeah, but that was kind of true in the comics too. I mean, yeah. like they did like... eventually the Runaways did bump up into like well, the Avengers, the Avengers. came after them, you know, like,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, eventually, run with superpowers, so yeah,
0: yeah, but they were like they were on the west coast, which we know that Marvel barely touches yeah. except for like west coast Avengers mm-hmm. and whatever, and uh, yeah, so they were. Really left to their own devices, except for Cloak and Dagger, who are who are, have always been like the the patron saints of wayward children in the Marvel universe yeah, since they sure. have been conceived. So yeah. yeah, it's uh I think that's interesting. So hopefully maybe they'll bump up into more street level superheroes, but I don't know about those
1: Netflix shows. We're still around, you know what I mean? Like that's all well, that's well, canceled. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll get our moon Knight show one day Mark one day.
1: <laughs> yeah, could you imagine that Warren Ellis run getting adapted as a TV show? I don't think oh, the world's ready for that my heart. yet. Like that's not oh. no. I that was, that was a fucking thing on my run. Dream. That was a weird run Paul. Anyway. Yeah, I know. In news related still on the Marvel side but in uh, the Sony Marvel side, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller Uh, The guys that did First Lego Movie and that did uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse have recently said that they are not only developing more stuff on the Into the Spider-Verse side, but are also developing live-action shows using, quote-unquote, Sony's Marvel characters, which means Spider-Man and related characters, because that's all that Sony has. So... And it's like a yeah. sort of another another you know universe that it sounds like they're trying to build out. So I don't know. Like, does anybody want like a like a Rhino show or like a no <laughs> a, sh- a shocker TV show or some shit? Do they have the rights to sp- no? Because Spider Woman's an agent of Shield, and I don't want to see it without Shield. So like, no, I don't want that. Yeah.
0: So I uh, want Spider Man Loves Mary Jane the TV series. Sure, let's
1: do it. Sure. Do it.
0: That's all. That's all I
1: want. Spider Man loves Mary I was gonna say, go fucking weird. Do Spider Man twenty
0: ninety nine. Mm. Ah, that would be cool. You yeah, know, like,
1: like do something fucking out of left field, or like one of the crazy oh, I, like uh uh was it the Spider Man like what, the geriatric one or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember oh, what it was well, I called. Mean, you, you go like uh yeah, I guess I don't. I don't you know. have to like look at it, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see if any of these actually make it to air, considering the glut of shit that uh, Disney's about to put out. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to see what those guys come up with, because, like, god damn Spider- Spider-Verse is so, yeah. so good. Yeah. But, like, I just don't need that much... I just want Spidey in the, the MCU movies. Like, just keep making those. I don't fucking care about any of the other stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Spider-Verse. I want more Spider-Verse. I want more Spider-Verse, but, like... Yeah, because we want Miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want more miles, but I don't want fucking like random rhino show or whatever you have.
2: <laughs> yeah. We gotta read that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. yeah.
0: like but, uh, sorry, buddy, cop show with like fucking rhino and stone or something like that. I don't know what it just. Like... I
1: don't know. Yeah, let's let's you know. What? Let's stop talking so they don't actually hear these and make one of them. <laughs> well, in shared universe stuff that uh, people do actually want. On the DCCW side, we got an announcement this week that uh, Kevin Conroy of Batman animated voice fame, who's voiced Bruce Wayne slash Batman and the Bruce Timm animated series and a lot of the animated movies and Batman Beyond and the Arkham Games and the Arkham Games is going to be playing an older Bruce Wayne in the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, which comes out around Christmas this year. That sounds fucking awesome. I'm super here for it. Did they confirm the Hamill thing too? Because I saw that posted a couple times that I wasn't sure if that was just a rumor or like people were trying to petition them or whatever, but like I never ended up seeing a good source for it. It'd be okay. cool, but they've yeah. already got him in that universe as trickster, but it's also like a multiverse story. So sure. Why not have Hamill in there as a joke or two? Like they've got Burt Ward fucking coming in and playing, yeah. probably playing I don't know, Robin probably. or something. Who knows? Uh, Cress Williams from the Black Lightning show, which is Supposedly, in a totally separate universe, is again going to be crossing over with it as yeah. well, which I think is really fucking cool. We've already talked about Brandon Routh being back playing uh, Superman in it. So, fuck, this thing sounds fucking bonkers and I'm super here for it. Yeah, and apparently, like, it's all five nights too, right? Like, they're actually using the Legends of Tomorrow episode to do, yeah, part of the crossover this year, which I'm like, oh shit, they're actually, I mean, I guess they kind of have to because Brandon Routh's basically kind of whole hog part of the motion yeah. <laughs> for this because yeah. he's going to be playing Superman again. So, and they're doing, like, a full-on cliffhanger as well. Like, there's a few episodes of it that come out before Christmas, and then a couple in January oh, right. after for, like, the finale. That's gonna suck. I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, let's see. Related to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they are releasing a cookbook for Galaxy's Edge in particular where you can make, like, a lot of dishes from the land and, uh, like, stuff like blue milk and the polystarch portion bread that Ray gets for trading in her scrap parts and shit like that, and all kinds of, yeah. Wow. yeah <laughs> appetizer, <for sure>. <laughs> delicious.
0: I can't wait to make that at home for my like, <laughs> dinner party guests. Sounds great. Hey, do you guys like yeah. space poverty? Like, you can, <laughs> here's here's a like portion. Gooey looking yeasty bread.
1: <laughs> sure. Like the pictures that they released yeah. of it. Yeah, look better than uh, than what was uh, in the movie. <laughs> but I should fucking hope so. Blue milk is actually fucking tasty, but we'll get to that later.
0: So uh, as someone who's, like, the target demographic for this, because I actually, back in, uh, when I was living in Toronto, I did Game of Thrones dinner parties for, like, the premiere. There was a a really cool cookbook that was made from an online source. They they took the feasts from the books and found, like, a medieval recipe equivalent Mm -hmm. and then a modern recipe equivalent. And so I actually had two separate dinner parties that were, like, Game of Thrones related, and I, like. Boiled a rabbit and stuff like that. It was good, to huh. but like uh, that, the, the way that George R. R. Martin describes his food is very like elaborate and regal and delicious. And Star Wars uh, <laughs> Tatooine food doesn't look <laughs> surprising in in comparison. But hey, I'll try mm. it. Well, that wasn't not?
1: Tatooine. Right? They were on Jakku. Was it Jakku. Jakku, f- Jakku was the portions. Jakku. Yeah, but uh, Tatooine was the blue milk. Oh, all gross. I. I'll get into it when I go full hog into it, but the, I was actually pretty impressed with the food and Galaxy's Edge. So. Sure. And then yeah. the last thing that I have is another Amazon announcement. So they picked up a show with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in which they play a pair of ghost hunters. Yeah, I saw that this is coming. So I'm just, I'll just watch those guys do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so. I mean, they haven't done anything like together in, in quite a while. Time. To my memory, so to get those two, you know, that were responsible for uh, those Cornetto trilogy movies, back together is, yeah, that gets me excited for sure. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember the last time I saw the World's End. Nick Frost. No, he was in Tomb Raider, actually. Oddly enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played the the quartermaster or whatever, like she gave her her guns kind of thing in uh, mm. that last Tomb Raider movie with Alicia. Uh, was it Alicia Vikander? Yeah. Something vicander Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, he was in that, but yeah, it's been a while. And then, Again, I do not look like him, so fuck off, world. <laughs> Except everybody at DragonCon thought so... <laughs> but that was everything that I had,
0: unless you guys think I missed something? Tool. Oh, yes. Geeky music news, if we're gonna yep. go go down that road. Yes, Tool has released their single release came out, I guess it's like a 10 minute long song, and it's... The Tool song. Okay. Yeah. It's a Tool song. I was happy. It's a tool <laughs> Yeah, song. no doubting that. After all their stuff was released to streaming, like, simultaneously, people are now really gearing up for their first release in 13, 13, years? Yeah. 13,
2: yeah. 13, 13 years.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we've covered Tool on, you know, Both podcasts,
1: really. Yeah, because we, we did it on the other podcasts. We did both albums. And then, like, on this podcast, yeah. I brought it up on my album list, at least
0: a yeah. couple of them. So, so it seems relevant. Yeah. But I mean I mean
1: I liked the song fine. It's good. It's not like amazing. It hits me at the same level as Schism, the lead single off Lateralis, which I was always kinda of mm-hmm. lukewarm on. So yeah. I was like, Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. So I always feel like their advanced singles, with the exception of Stinkfist, are usually I'm always like, eh. So when they put out Vicarious was the advance for ten thousand days, and I was like, it's yeah. fine. And then like the advanced singles, mm-hmm. schisms, I was like, it's fine. This one, fine. Yeah. So give me the record. I know it's like eighty nine
2: minutes yeah.
0: long. Just fucking give it to me. I just wanna listen to it now. So and it never feels like Tool songs are really meant to stand alone outside of the album. Yeah. Even Schism, like uh, maybe back in the anima days, like, yeah, they, like I'm the there first was two more for sure. Yeah, there was more single stuff. They've gone so like deep into proggy concepts that yeah. This it, it's
2: it was fine. It was fun.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to the album. What was fun was
1: just seeing the top streaming charts this week. Because usually it's just like Ariana Grande, Bieber, <laughs> like all that kind of pop stuff. And all of them, like Tool just crushed the top 30 of a bunch of these charts because everybody went nuts and was like, oh my God, they're all kind of remastered. They sound a little different. So I'm, I'm not sure if they were actually remastered or not, but they sound a little cleaner. I was like, oh, that sounds good. So I'm, I spent through all of them. So I'm sure a bunch of us did. It just it, like so. There's a bunch of kids on Reddit who are like, "Who the fuck is Tool and why are, what the fuck is going? What's a prison sex? Why is this in the top charts of Spotify?" And it's like, well, because a bunch of near 40 year old men found out that Tool's on Spotify, and that's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> and yeah. Tool does that kind of thing, I guess. So there you go. But it is kind of funny to see like Ariana Grande and like Justin Bieber and like, yeah. Tool prison sex Tool thing like in that list. It's like ah, uh, like being in the 90s again. <laughs> times And then I'm sure you'll hear more from us on Tool album because it releases in like three fucking weeks, August thirtieth. Yeah, which yeah. is super cool. The other, yeah other, yeah, the other cool thing is like we're getting that record real fast. Like they're not gonna make us wait till fucking October or some bullshit. Like they normally, <laughs> would. they've made us wait yeah, long. Exactly, exactly right. it fucking. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how pissed people would have been if they had like released one track and just like, and Tool's new album out in twenty twenty one. People just fucking <laughs> yeah. riot.
0: Yeah. That's actually happening with another one of my artists who I've talked about on the podcast, FK Twigs. She released a single called Cellophane, which was fucking amazing. And she hasn't released the release date for her fucking album yet. Just like, here's this amazing song that I am releasing as a single, but maybe (laughs) an album, maybe, but I'm not gonna tell you. It's like, God, God damn it, tell me. I don't care if it's like three years out.
1: I think the Tool Army would have lost its collective fucking minds if that had
0: happened at this point. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Seriously. Alright, well, Uh with that,
1: we can move on to our Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! Which is where we discuss the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so. Uh, Let's go to Mark first. Well, I listened to all the Tool records, and then we just (laughs) talked about it. So, like, that was my... I was gonna talk about the Tool stuff, because I was excited that Tool put that fucking song out, and I liked it. I'm like we don't have to talk about it again. though. So my geek of the week is all the stuff we just talked about. Me listening <laughs> to Tool all week. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Moving right along to Paul.
0: My geek of the week is comic books because I actually read comic books <laughs> this week, which like it's been a while. It's been a while. So Wow. <laughs> no, don't care. <you> <laughs> um, I started reading House of X and Powers of X because I've actually been wait uh, House of it's... Ten and
1: Powers of Ten. So Mark has told me.
0: Okay, sure. Hey, man, I was quoting what the IO9 article said. You can call it whatever you want, little brother. (laughs) Okay. New X-Men thing. John Hickman X-Men. Hickman X-Men, and the first issues have been very intriguing. Like, pretty big ideas, and like a huge, huge character shift for a long-time character in the uh, X-Men universe. Like, they completely changed the origin of a frequent Moira McTaggart. You could just say Moira McTaggart. Moira. It's Moira. <laughs> Moira has, spoiler alert, so Moira, turns out, has been a mutant this whole time, yeah. and her mutant power is reincarnation, hmm. and she has lived 10 lives where she has taken various sides in the mutant-human war. She's sided with humans to try to cure mutation. She's sided with Xavier. She's sided with Magneto. She's sided with the Apocalypse, and each time, she's fucked things up. And and so she keeps trying to fix things, but in one of the encounters she's had, she's been hunted down by Destiny, and Destiny has threatened her, like, if you try to fuck with the timeline any further, I'm going to kill you before your new powers manifest and you'll be dead forever. Very cool use of, like, a time loop situation, even though I'm really fucking tired of X-Men time loop <laughs> shit. Like, this is a, a, one way that they... He's made it interesting at least, so I'm like, I'm on board. I'm gonna read the whole thing, yeah. and I also read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and it, that one is fun as hell. Yeah. So nice, read that. cool. Good.
1: See, my geek of the week is definitely going to be Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. I made a fucking lightsaber. I drank the green milk. I drank the blue milk. I fucking flew the Millennium Falcon. I bought a holocron and so fuck. Gallant. I'd spent like, you bought a, what? Holocrons, Uh, we'll we'll talk about it more later, but they're like little Jedi relics that have pieces of Jedi knowledge in them. Basically, it's another thing that you have to spend 50 bucks on. But if you put your... Oh, and I would
0: willingly. I want to go to there.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like cool interactive elements. Alicia built a fucking droid. She built a BB unit and... What is she? Yeah, it was fucking intense and yeah it's no secret i did stream my lightsaber making experience on our facebook page so if you want to see what that was like it was really cool and well worth the 200 bucks yeah it was it was a fucking
0: experience yeah an experience i'm very jealous <laughs> of and i hope to recreate when i come back to north america because disney is like number one on my list of things to do it's like uh see my family. See my friends, eat a bag of barbecue ruffles and go to Disney World. <laughs> that, those, those are my priorities when I and, back to Canada.
1: and just to correct the fucking guys last week who thought I was in Florida, I was in California. <laughs> I was in uh, Anaheim. So yeah, because that one opened the end of May, the one in Orlando is currently in like cast previews, like sort of soft opening, but it doesn't officially open until the end of August. Uh, so yeah, I was in the one in Disneyland that's already been open for a couple right around two months when we went oh, there. Yeah. 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 And then we obviously did like more Disneyland stuff too, but that was definitely the the sort of crowning achievement of the whole thing and fucking theming and so, immersion, and everything were amazing. And
0: you said that there was like a supply issue with some of the stuff there.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's tied to the fact that the one in Disney world is about to open up. So they want to make sure that that one's fully stocked. But yeah. So one of the things that you can buy are, Additional kyber crystals. So the the lightsabers that you buy, you can actually. I mean, when you're making them, you get to choose your kyber crystal, and that determines the color of the blade. But then you can go to Dokrondar's Den of Antiquities after and get additional kyber crystals that you can put into your lightsaber, and it will change the color of the blade. It also changes the sort of sound profile a little bit of the sounds that your lightsaber makes. And you can also put those different kyber crystals into the. They're both Jedi and Sith holocrons and when you put them in like for instance i got a green kyber crystal in my lightsaber when i put that into the holocron the holocron glows green and it will give me like quotes from qui-gon jin who carried a green lightsaber cool That's yeah awesome. and so it's one of like the cool sort of interactive elements of the land but uh, and you had been able to buy them like individually but they were out of them the only way that you could get an additional one is if you bought it with a holocron which i was planning anyways but wasn't going to buy like five or six additional holocrons, just which are like 50 bucks a pop, just so that I could get another kyber crystal with them. But, and part of it too is the red ones. When you buy them, like I said, they're like blind boxed, you know, like little vinyl figures or whatever that come blind boxed uh, collectibles. And the red ones, I think every like one in 20 or one in 50 or something like that are black crystals, which still make your saber blade glow red, but they're just black, like obsidian crystals. And those are going on eBay for like six to eight hundred fucking dollars. Which is <laughs> I insane. Mean, <laughs>
0: <my>
1: <laughs> and then the other thing that was out of stock was the droids, you're supposed to be able to buy different personality chips and you put it in and it changes their voice that they speak in and like sort of how they interact with the land and with other droids and that sort of thing. And Alicia really wanted to get different personality chip for her droid, but they were sold out of those too. So So yeah. Have to go back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're going to be at the one in Florida in uh, November because we're doing one of the Disney runs over the Wine and Dine Marathon weekend. Okay. And so at that point, we'll get to the one in Orlando and hopefully they'll have like the personality chips there and I'll be able to get a couple more. The color crystals you can get when you're making your lightsaber are blue, green, violet, and red. But in the antiquity shop, you can also buy, I think it's yellow and white ones. I thought having a yellow blade would be kind of cool and unique, but I wasn't able to buy one. So I'm hoping I can get maybe that when I uh, go back down in November. Yeah, but like I said, uh, I could easily go on for half an hour about that, and I probably will at some point. But for now, let's move on to our
2: meat of the episode. liquefied rat meat. (laughs) Wait for it, wait for it. Ooh. All right, that was Mark cracking his final
1: new Coke. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so we're doing Stranger Things, yeah.
1: which he saved just for this episode. I did, I did. <laughs> so, so yes, this episode we are talking about Stranger Things season three. This show that still seems to have really captured the public consciousness. You know, friends that I have that don't really ever talk about nerdy shit are all over this show still because I guess it has still has that like nostalgia factor that pulls people in so i'm gonna give a very brief synopsis just in case anybody has not watched it yet or isn't planning to watch it and just have some frame of reference so in this case the uh, season is set in the summer of 1959 in hawkins indiana 1959? Or, fuck 1985 where did i get 1959 from uh I think in, that's, is that no i was gonna say that's it that's not even back to the future so i had no yeah. fuck idea where <laughs> that came from so In Hawkins, Indiana, where the last two seasons have taken place, the newly opened Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Chief Jim Hopper, exasperated size, is conflicted (laughs) over Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, while Joyce considers moving out of Hawkins for better prospects, leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents, and despite having closed the portal to the upside down, fears that they are all in danger from it still. So yeah, let's just start out with sort of your overall impressions of the season, Mark, since you you just wet your whistle with the taste of nineteen eighty five. Thank God for Dustin, Steve, and it's Robin, right? It's mm-hmm. Robin. Yeah, yeah. Cause otherwise this season would have been a real tough sit and eric for me uh, <laughs> annoying <laughs> kid sister trope i was like we're going to have a long discussion about tv shows doing tv trope checklists mm. and how this show is now just that's what this show is now this is like <laughs> hey nostalgia boners and tropes let's have some fun was it ever anything different it felt like it was going to be something different in the first season like mm. when it was it felt like it was going to be an anthology and I don't know. So we'll talk about it. So my overall impressions for this year are, yikes. <laughs> okay. I need to stop watching things twice, I think, to do reviews. <laughs> but I enjoyed it the first time through, and I was like, some of this is annoying, but fine. And when I was sitting there watching it the second time through, I was like,
0: hmm. <sighs> Interesting. Uh, how about you, Paul? My first impressions of it were, like, it was it was a solid season of but there were there were some directorial choices mm. and the way the characters interacted with each other that was just aggravating to watch. And I was just trying to enjoy the ride. You just
1: watched all of this now, right? Like this is the first time you've watched all of Stranger Str- things
0: Like, I watched the first season when it first came mm-hmm. out, but I had to watch season two and three back to back because I didn't watch season two. Mm-hmm. And so having Probably come off of season <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. Season two was not season 3 was better than season 2 like it felt more coherent and tightly plotted and the characters interactions seemed to make more sense they didn't just kind of get thrown together at the last minute like they did in season 2 but it still was somewhat disjointed and I feel like these characters have run their course already and we'll get to that later but like I don't know I just now that we've gone through all this I really would like a new cast like I like the feeling of the show kind of but there's something about it this season that just felt very as mark said trophy and by the numbers
1: so, fair enough yeah. i definitely agree with paul that it was better than season two by a long shot i was pretty happy with it for the most part it had a lot more of that stuff that made the first season really enjoyable and great you know whether you're able to you know maybe for some people they're like you know some people might think that oh, I want something different, and then other people are just like, no, I just want something comfortable and familiar, which I think is what fucking Stranger Things started out as. And so, it was for me, it was kind of a return to form in that way. There were some very questionable choices with regards to character development in particular that I'm sure that we'll get into that were sort of my biggest uh, concerns with the season overall. So, definitely better than Season 2, um, as good as Season 1. Oh, yeah, it's definitely better yeah. than Season 2. I should definitely say that it's better than season two. because That was a sloggy sit too. So yeah. And, it, and it didn't have that episode that like sort of disconnected the whole fucking season and took you out of it yeah. and everything like season two really did. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's start out with uh, sort of what worked for you in the season, whether it be characters or story points or,
0: you know, plot points, that kind of thing. Anybody go for me, it was Robin was a wonderfully welcome addition to the cast. I Absolutely. loved Robin. Her character being like the one to take the piss out of Harrington, yeah, Steve made it seem like why was Erica even there besides being fucking annoying. But like, um, we'll talk about Erica later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve, Dustin, and Robin really like carried the season for me because their character yeah. interactions, like, they actually liked hanging out with each other, and they like seemed to play off other very well they were actually doing stuff too like yeah. there was actually like plot relevant things happening to them
1: as opposed to just like why are we all complaining about our boyfriends and girlfriends sorry yeah this well, is your <laughs>
0: turn to talk yeah. i
1: apologize
0: well and going off of that i actually did enjoy max and Eleven's even though yeah. it, like it was a fucking shopping montage yeah it was still like good to see 11 kind of be a girl and yeah. Yeah. hang out with max and have a good time because she's been like Tortured child character for like the entire run of the show so far. So, like, her getting to have fun and let loose is really nice to see. It was nice to like get some actual character development with Will that was relevant to his childhood experience. You know, like he is holding on to the past so much. Mm -hmm. And him like breaking down Castle Byers was a little bit melodramatic, but it still worked for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it was like a coming of age moment where had to like let go of things and like accept that they've all moved on from who they were a couple years ago so yeah it was like there were some things that really did work well
1: yeah so going back to will you know i i was personally a bit of a late bloomer myself like because my mom in particular was pretty overprotective uh i didn't you know necessarily have like the same development that the kids around me were having so I I did feel that really hard for Will this season because I was sort of in that boat and like around his age, you know, just like wanting to play when his friends are all talking about girls and stuff like that. And me and my friends did have like a fort out in the woods, like that kind of thing. And it just kind of ended mm-hmm. up getting abandoned. And I don't even know that we ever went back and like got the stuff that we left there and everything. So I definitely did feel that pretty
0: hard coming from Will as well. Yeah that's an experience I also had because like being in high school still in the closet, like I was like, you know, a teenager still playing Pokemon, you mm-hmm. know, like it was just not, but uh, definitely had that experience with Will as well. So it, it felt genuine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. And yeah, I agree. Robin was fucking phenomenal. I loved her, her and Steve, their back and forth was fucking great. Poor fucking Steve can't seem to catch a break though. You know, with Robin turning out to be gay, like, Maya Hawke was fucking phenomenal. I hope that they do bring her back for season four. I don't see why they wouldn't at this point. She might be hard to get, yeah. man. Like, she was in that... Presumably, they got her on a contract or something, though, right? For a few seasons. You, you never know guest star, right? I don't know. I don't know, so I don't know. Yeah. But, like, she her profile has shot up like crazy. I mean, after this season of Stranger Things and then the Tarantino movie, like, she's been in the headlines a lot. The last Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, Finn Wolfhard has been fucking shooting up like crazy, and they've still got him back for every season, so... We'll yeah, but, like, she's a cute, like, 18-year-old girl who's, you know, Uma Thurman's daughter, yeah. and he's a good kid in Stranger Things. A little bit of a difference in priority when it comes to who's going to go harder, faster. Yeah, yeah so. And it didn't take, like, my first fucking run-through, I was like, there's some real familiar about her, and af- after watching it the season through the first time, I looked it up, and I was like, okay, that totally makes sense that she's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. I can easily see. Both of them in her, and she's totally got Uma Thurman's voice. Totally. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and like a lot of mannerisms and stuff too. Her eyes are like basically identical, so there's yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it, she's very similar looking. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, like I knew who she was kind of going in because I'd heard she'd been cast in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood already, and i looked mm. her up. So when I saw she was in this, I was like, oh, that's good. I'll get to see her in advance, kind of thing. She fucking blew my mind. She's yeah. so good. I was so happy with that. When they first introduced the character, I was like, Oh, this is going to go sideways on me. Like this is where this line of the, the show, like the third line of the show goes sideways on me yeah. also. And I'm going to be miserable this whole season. Yeah. And it turns out I'm like, no, I love her. Yeah. She's great. This it is does awesome. go sideways, so. but it goes sideways sideways in a fucking awesome way. Like the yeah. best way. Yeah. yeah. And so. like them, the way that they played her sexuality, you know, that she ends up being gay and Steve's reaction to it. I was super happy with like me. Too. Just, just, you know, Steve, like, really just job. It being like, oh, shit. And then he just shifts to talking about girls with her. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. 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 He just wants her to be his bro yeah. now, right? Like, now they're just going to bro down about chicks. That's It's pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, that's still cool. We can talk about this instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah. He wasn't butthurt about it. He didn't nice guy her or anything like that. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I love you, Steve Harrington. I love
2: yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a, he's a good
0: dude. He's a good dude.
1: And good spinning dude. off that back to Will, like I got some real strong hints this season that Will might be having some questions about his sexuality as well. And like talking. And yeah. I don't know if that was just that like, you know, he is not ready, you know, to start like looking at the opposite sex in a particular way or or anybody as, in a romantic way or that he's like legit gay or at least not straight. And like he, he talks yeah. about like how he, th- he thinks he'll never fall in love. He's always just wanting to spend time with the guys rather than them starting to get obsessed with girls and that kind of thing. So that would be an interesting way to play him as well. I'd I'd be super down for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When he said, like, I think he was was talking with Lucas or, yeah, uh, yeah. and he has that moment where he's like, I don't care about girls, Mm -hmm. whatever. I was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe they'll explore that in season four. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes. But I was down for that. That Yeah. For
1: sure. What else in terms of characters before we get off and other stuff? Fucking Joyce is always right at this point. Can we just acknowledge that like people just need to fucking believe Joyce at the start of each each of these seasons and then (laughs) there would be no season. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's basically like if you actually listen to her, it basically ends the season in five minutes, which kind of would suck. But like at the same time yeah, they just maybe should stop writing her as being always right about the entire plot of the whole yeah, season. Yeah. Like yeah. in the second episode, first or second episode, because it gets really annoying when she keeps getting proven right, and nobody's listening to her, and I'm just like, why is nobody listening to Winona goddamn <laughs> rider? Are you all deaf and <laughs> yeah. blind? Like, what she the figured out the first here? two like, fucking seasons here, and like, you now remember yeah, her yeah. fucking Christmas lights, and etc. cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, like she's yeah. the one who always yeah. figures it out, and we're always like, oh, silly yeah. Joyce
0: go be crazy <laughs> elsewhere. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I like the joke at the end where it's like, Detective Byers has a nice ring to it. I'm like, no shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> she's basically like the ultimate paranormal detective in the world at this point. And like, people are just like barely tolerate her. Oh, she's that crazy lady who works down at the general store. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, Mark, you didn't like Eric. I was real happy with Erica. Like, fucking, you can't spell America without Erica, and like, just her sass and everybody, and like, some of the shit was funny. It got a little too sassy, like too much of it. I was like, just uh, eventually, you're like, guys, <sighs> if she's in danger, she's not going to be mouthing off this much. Like, it's too Hollywood. But eventually, all right, it's just the annoying because we were just at that point we were just doing trope checklists. It mm-hmm. felt like we're like, hey, we've got Russians in the eighties and they're drinking new Coke and they basically done a commercial on it. And now we've got his little sister. Yeah. Just like who's the sassy little sister from an (laughs) eighties sitcom. And I'm like, God damn it. Leave me alone. (laughs) So annoying. That's why the show is so successful though, is because it plays on all those tropes, and everybody's like, Oh, like even if they don't realize why it feels so familiar, if you sit down and actually break it down, you're like, Oh, that's why, because I totally remember this character. From 18 different fucking yeah, sitcoms, have seen that character
0: from 500
1: yeah. shows, yeah.
0: Yeah, that my
1: sister made me watch that I never wanted to yeah. watch. So like,
0: yeah. yeah, I liked Erica independent of the plot, but her getting two horned in with that trio and then just always being so one note all the time really grated on me. Mm. Like she, Yeah, I
1: can see that, I can see that.
0: Yeah, but that Erica line you can't spell America without Erica yeah. line was good line I have to say Yeah, yeah. I mean like she
1: has some good bits like they gave her good stuff to say but it was just like I don't need another 80s trope <laughs> yeah. like in this show yeah. at this point like I'm just kind of over it yeah. especially when they got the Terminator running around like alright Jesus yeah yeah we'll get to that I was really happy with Alexi and particular Alexi and Murray together during the limited time that they did have together I thought that they both played really yeah. well off each other and like my probably like most emotional moment of the season was probably when Alexi dies in the carnival or is killed in the carnival.
0: Yeah. Yes. That hit me surprisingly yeah. hard
1: considering. I got annoyed because I wanted yeah. more of them. So I was like, like we're really focusing on Hopper being a douchebag for this entire season. A. Like we're not going to get these new fun side characters that we got here. We're not going to give them some time to shine. No. Oh, then we're going to kill one of them. Well, <laughs> all right, yeah. Can we get back to yeah. the mall, please. I would like to go back to the mall now. Yeah uh what else what do you guys think about the like newspaper guys like Jake Busey and those guys like that was
0: oh god it was
1: so (laughs) next level I love seeing Jake Busey work again though you know (laughs) like brings me back to those brighter days it's good to see him work and he plays that role like you want to hate him he's so good at that shit like he's awesome at that that was the perfect example of like that good old boys club right that you know it's just like yeah, fuck yeah. this young lady she doesn't know what she's
0: doing and this little
1: girl and all that
0: yeah. phrasing yeah. there's a phrasing <laughs> issue in there yeah I think that I don't know if it sucks for Jake DC to always be typecast in this role but this is what what he's brought I guess is the hand he was yeah. dealt
1: and he's fucking good at it yeah, so you know really what if you're good at something never do it for free so he just gets paid to be yeah. a douchebag in movies yeah. Yeah. Good it yeah. on him like I'd take that paycheck Hey, you want to be a douchebag in a movie? (laughs) Sure, why not? Yeah. And what else? I was pretty happy with Mike and Elle overall. Going back, like their chemistry back and forth was pretty good. Like just from the Mike singing her "Never Surrender" on the bed, like that was a very cute moment right in the first episode. But I will say, Finn Wolfred starting to get real awkward. He's terrible. Like I do not like him as an actor anymore. Like he was cute in that first season, where like it was everybody was just kind of awkward and none of them were yeah. very good actors yet. Like they were just kind of feeling it out and you were like, yeah, it's fine. Like he's become annoying now. And I'm like, I'm over. well, I think part of it is he's, he's, I think he's like right in that puberty mm-hmm. pocket and he's just not, it's, you can tell like, he's not real comfortable in his body when they're filming this. Yeah. And like, he's clearly through puberty of this. While basically they're digitally de-aging him in it chapter two. Oh well, yeah. Because like, he looks older than the other kids, so they were like, okay, we need to, like, make him look you know, a couple years younger again, kind of thing, which is yeah. so weird to me that they're doing that to, like, a 13 year old or something. Well, that, well, thirteen's that magic number, though, like, if you're in, like, that, you haven't quite hit at 13, like, if they start shooting a movie around you any time, any time, it's fucking a problem, yeah. right? Like, at any moment, it could happen. So, like, I get it. Like, it sucks, and yeah, he looked awkward as shit in the season, but he was real annoying.
2: So, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on from characters then to, well, let's go like, call it tropes, call it homages. That's like the fucking core of this show. Yes. Obviously, Gregory was giving off a massive fucking Terminator vibe the whole season that worked, totally worked for me. Some of it did. Some of it didn't. Sometimes I was like, oh, we're going to get into all the fluorescent stuff and like, all right, we're really like leaning into the elf. 80s insanity kind of thing <laughs> yeah but like once they started getting into like Russians with the thick fake Russian accent and like one of them's a Terminator I was like what's going on in this show like is this just like 66 Batman yeah. now like I don't know what's happening anymore <laughs> camp and par- yeah, like, yeah. all of a sudden it went like insane campy and I'm like I, don't, I can't really even take it seriously yeah. anymore because at least when it was the scientists you were like they were always so obfuscated and like hidden and you don't really get to see what their whole deal is you're like we don't know. Maybe they are super nefarious. But you spend a bunch of time with these Russians, and they're just like, kind of goofy stereotypical movie Russians? I'm like, what
0: the fuck's going on? Is Man, that what we're doing? Like, there's... I don't know. It was very confusing. Telling yeah, this for me. and don't like, know. having <laughs> Hopper basically be John McClane... Yeah, but like, not even charming. But, but no, well, <laughs> this, we, we were going through characters, but we didn't talk about the biggest problem I had this season, was that Hopper's a fucking asshole for the fu- whole fucking season. And I didn't want to see him on my TV screen after a while. <laughs> he's yelling at Joyce all yeah, the time. Too. And because he's always at a ten, like she'll say any goddamn thing he jumps down her fucking throat. And then so she's at a ten the whole time, jumping down <laughs> his fucking throat. And I'm like, I don't want to watch eight episodes of these two fucking assholes fighting with each other. I was I was literally yeah. like just like, I wanna yeah. mute scenes. I know that this is relevant to the plot, so I can't, but I just don't I don't want to Kinda watch is. them yeah. kind Kinda of is, though. but just I don't want to watch and fight with each other the entire goddamn season. And, like, that was a trope yes. to, like, this, like, the sexual tension thing. 80s macho super Yeah, dad yeah, thing with, and the, all with that the unresolved shit. sexual yeah, like, tension. Ah, oh uh, fuck. No. Yeah. I was that whole. No. It was terrible. That whole fucking yeah, Hopper was
1: I was gonna try and hold that off for gripes, but, like, I don't think it could have gone much longer <laughs> yeah, without being cause, mentioned, because, yes, Hopper was the biggest fucking problem with this season, and, like, the entire internet is in agreement yeah. with us on this. Like, they
0: fucked him up yeah, really badly, it was, and it's yeah, because was... they they. It, we bring it up with tropes because it's it's really shitty trophy writing that they did this. Like they even yeah. tried to make him be a reasonable person when Joyce was all like, "Hey, maybe you should approach Mike and Elle making out all the time this way," and he still goes with the overprotective dad bullshit in the creepiest yeah. fucking way ever, and just like. His that interaction that he had with Mike in the car was so horrible to watch. I was like, it was so just, cringy. I, yeah, I was, like, I almost wanted to bail on the season. Like, if we weren't reviewing it, I probably wouldn't have continued. Honestly, I was just like, that's how bad that turned mm-hmm. me off. I
1: know it didn't turn me off to the point where I wasn't watching it, but I was. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I think I'm gonna fast forward through the scene because otherwise, I am gonna stop watching this or at least skip this episode. Cause what the fuck happened yeah. to this character? Like, I mean. It was a very strange decision to make him just go like full on 80s bullshit. If shithead, yeah, overprotective yeah. asshole, dad. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this isn't even funny. Like, like, he wasn't even funny. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't get what the point of this is yeah. anymore. Like, now I'm just like annoyed. And he's yelling at my teenage crush, like Winona Ryder. So I'm like, <laughs> stop yelling at Winona, first of all, shithead. And second of all, <laughs> your Hellboy movie sucked. And third of all, <laughs> stop yelling at Minona, shithead. This fucking season of this show sucks yeah. now. Yeah, it was real
0: they frustrating. They played him yeah. so straight. Like, yeah. I think they thought that they were being funny because uh, it seemed like Winona, with her facial expressions is trying to play up some comedy aspect of it, especially the scene in, I think, episode seven when she's on the phone with the, the FBI guy or whatever, like the government guy. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah. calling
1: herself. See, she like, was yeah. funny. She was funny but, in this yeah. season. But like she had nothing to play off would, of yeah, he
0: was playing it too straight oh. and like it always veered into him seeming like super aggressive and almost abusive. And it's just kind of like yeah. she's trying to steer the ship in the right direction and it was just going off course every single time. Uh yeah, that was hard yeah. to watch.
1: Yeah. Like you guys seem to focus more on the Hopper and Joyce thing. My like for me it was like I it was spoiled for me as soon as like he starts you know being the overprotective dad yeah. with Mike and L. like he literally jokes about killing Mike yeah. and covering it up yeah Like this fucking 2019 you cannot do that in a show even if it's set 35 years in the fucking past like I, I get that they were trying to play it up for like dramatic effect character development whatever so we can have this big emotional moment at the end of the season but it was swung way yeah. fucking too hard to the point where when Hopper died i "Quote unquote," died. Who the fuck knows? Oh, he didn't die. Fuck off. We'll have that discussion. I didn't really fucking care. Like, I was more sorry for l and Joyce than I was mm-hmm. for hopper Like, and that's it's just yeah. sloppy oh, writing. Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering if like did he have a, like did he what does he think about this? Like, you're acting this. You're not just like what the fuck? Why yeah. is my character coming off like a giant shit the
2: whole fucking yeah. year? Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: and like I think that the I I think it's pretty obvious. Like the emotional climax of the season is supposed to be l reading his letter yeah but his shitty behavior made that fucking moment you know where fucking millie bobby brown is acting her fucking face off it just
0: made that fall flat for me because like when it comes down to it like he wrote this thing that is supposed to be like his true feelings and super heartfelt but his behavior through the entire season betrays the fact that he's a fucking asshole yeah it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel true there's no catharsis there For yeah his character maybe for L but even then like he treated L like shit for two seasons straight basically like the way that I know that he was being
2: yeah
0: super protective of her in season 2 but like he he went about it in a way that like it was yeah, played, played better. better but still removed yeah. all of her freedom and agency and so like yeah. oh, Hopper he deserved he I feel like he deserved better and the writing just didn't serve the character ever.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. All right. We got that off our chest. Back to the Russians. I was happy with the Russians. I like that sort of like tropey, like, you know, crazy cult. Because that's what people thought Russians were in the Cold War. Yeah. Were these like over the top evil (laughs) Russkies kind of thing that were a little bit bumbly. So I I I thought it was a good choice. I was there for Russians as the primary villains because it's already like it's practically a fucking comedy show anyways. So I was happy to have, you know, happy enough to have these like. Bumbly, fucking Ruskies falling, falling all over each other. I think I still want this to like play like a horror show, and it really has not been that since like the end of season one anymore.
0: Right, like it's just not that anymore. It it walks a fine line, and it doesn't do this always successfully between like Steven Spielberg, Goonies style show, and like It or Twilight Zone, X Files, -Files. and it's trying to kind of play both at the same time. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's a real yeah. fine line to watch. Yeah. Movies like the Goonies or like Monster Squad or things like that are eminently hopeful and positive and always end up well and there's no real stakes for the child actors. But when it comes to, you know, those like serialized horror shows, they're pretty bleak. And they can end on a pretty sour note. I think they try to have it both ways and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's Along with that, like sort of bumbly Russian stuff, like those are reminis. those always bring me back to like Indiana Jones. And so like, I got a lot more Indiana Jones feeling this vibe than I got in the past couple of seasons, which is kind of cool. I always take something that makes me feel like, you know, indie bumming around like a, you know, Russian compound or something like that, like Steve and Dustin and Robin and Erica are doing. Yeah. And I definitely got a bit of Karen Allen, like Marion Ravenwood from yeah. Robin. I mean, yeah, I could see that. That would be somebody. If you're doing this kind of show, why would you not watch Raiders? Like, it makes kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Karen Allen, just the best. Yeah. And then the other one that really jumped out at me in terms of the homages was the cabin sequence immediately made me think of Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Where the Mind flayers, like, you know, shooting its appendages through the walls because in Evil Dead it was, like, the roots and stuff coming in and the deadites. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're not shy about their homage at all
1: like no well, i mean even the duffers like i think they've recorded videos and stuff now that, that have like gone over like yeah these are all like they're ones from poltergeist there's just dozens you know that they're like this we took this and like put it in this shot you know we stole it unabashedly yeah. kind of thing but again i think that's one of the reasons that the show works for so many people is because whether they recognize that that's that that's happening or not you know, subconsciously this is just it's it's one of those comfort food yeah, kind of shows right? are,
0: like mm. indelible so they're pr- they've probably absorbed them through pop cultural osmosis whether it was from the original source yeah. or from a parody or maybe the simpsons did it something like that but they they recognize those images
1: and then the other trope that i thought was used to decent effect was the whole like pod people idea you know that the these people are being like replaced or subsumed into a larger consciousness which is which also goes along with that cold war fear right because that yeah. was that was the face of communism, that everybody's the same, and that, you know, you'd lose your identity to become part of a larger whole, which is 100% what the Mind flayers is portrayed yeah. as this season. And that, and that was one that was, you know, they haven't really played on in earlier seasons either, so I was, that was a interesting take on that, because it's not a trope that we see a whole lot these days, more, it's more like dystopian futures, rather than like, you know, a you know, communal being, or something like that, like taking over society, yeah. and loss of individuality, yeah, and that sure. kind
0: of thing. Like, it's very Body Snatcher, it was a very cool yeah. war
1: trope, so like, it makes sense that you like would yeah. touch on it in this. Yeah. Um,
0: but they don't like shit on collectivism so. in general because they have to work as a team to be the bad guys. So it's yeah. like there's the collectivism that makes you lose your identity completely and you get subsumed into a massive monster. Or you can all be your individual selves working as a collective. Yeah. That was a nice message. I like that, for sure.
2: Yeah, that was some
1: <laughs> fun highbrow stuff. All the gooey shit was real gross this year. Yeah, I that was... that. They did a really good job of making everything look disgusting this year. Like Everything made me want to gag.
0: So, yeah, yeah.
1: good job guys. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the effects in this season did kick up a notch compared um, to the, the last couple for sure. Their budget is obviously higher. The Mind flare looked great. The device that was like breaching the portal or whatever all yeah. looked really cool. The effect shots of the rats and the flayed people like liquefying and everything were like pretty fucking gruesome for, like, a PG-13 like, show compared to previous seasons. Yeah, I was, that's what I was actually, I was gonna say like, while we were talking about this, is like, yeah, they were like, surprisingly more gruesome for something that's like TVPG than yeah. I would have expected. But, like, at this point, what, like, what do these ratings yeah. even mean anymore? Cause, like, yeah. Hmm.
0: It's almost over-the-top cartoon violence because of, like, how absurd, like, and squishy everything is like, it's so like evil dead yeah. gross yeah
1: until until we get to the fucking body horror of l having that baby flare in and her leg yeah like i was, cool. was like holy like i like horror movies but like i was like this is feels kind of out of place like i was there for it because it was a powerful moment but it felt a little out of character yeah. for the show was a little more like alien-y kind of yeah thing than like something that these guys yeah. would do I don't see yeah. if that's what I mean. Why, like, I feel like they're confused about the identity or the tone of the show. Cause, like, half the time they're like, yay, tropes. And, like, they're in a gap shopping spree or whatever. And, like, we're all having fun and playing 80s games and stuff. And the next thing is, like, wow, those rats liquefied in front of me. That's yeah. fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, what the fuck tone is this show trying to go for? <laughs> like, it's so yeah. weird. It might be trying to maybe grow with its audience a little bit. Like, the younger people that have latched onto this, no, maybe. maybe it's trying to trying to go a little darker as they go from season to season to grow with those viewers? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, but it just felt like the first season was, like, very dark and, like, mature, and I don't feel like they shied away from any of this stuff. They just didn't do, like, show it to you in camera because... Body horror. Well, they didn't have the money to do any of these effects then, right? So, I always felt like the first season had the creepiest tone, and then it kind of became, like, a Goonies show with some horror stuff. Like, Real hard horror stuff yeah. all of a sudden this year, or like, yeah, yeah, we're watching bones pop out of people and shit. I'm like, oh, this is fucking yeah. disgusting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's fucking You gross. can see that in
0: the cinematography, too. I mean, like, there's um, when you're in the mall, yeah. the colors are so bright and vibrant, and it has like that 80s sitcom. Coloring to it almost like very Goonies coloring. Yeah,
1: which is like everything's too washed out, blown out. Everything's super yeah. bright and pink. And then you and get shit. into the yeah. horror
0: scenes, the scenes with Billy in the basement, or when L is going into her astral projection thing, and the colors mm-hmm. start to shift and wash out. It's like they're so disparate that it doesn't feel like the same show almost sometimes when you're looking at those scenes. And then yeah. they, it kind of mixes together in the battle at the mall, and it still feels disjointed and weird because you're like. It, under all these fluorescent lights, but there's all these like dirty browns and reds from the, the mind player and things. And it's just like there's, yeah. there's a, a disconnect that didn't quite work for me. Like it looked off.
1: I had a similar note, like in the, I don't know why it made me think of this, but Ghostbusters 2016 in the finale of the movie had that very similar effect where like everything's very CG. Oh, yeah. Trying to yeah. make things look kind of creepy and organic at the same time. And it was like, whoa, yeah. what is happening here? That was something I noticed yeah. in the, at the end of this season like it when once they started bashing the two of them together like they're at the mall fighting the mind player i was like
0: yeah Whoa. it worked a lot better
1: this became a visual morass of insanity that i yeah, can't it worked anymore. a lot better in the
0: cabin because like er, the colors there were more yeah. muted overall yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. the bright yeah. fluorescent in the mall mashed up with like the flesh blood color shit that the my yeah. head, it was weird. and then they had the fu- <laughs> fucking fireworks going at the same time too and it was just like what am I looking at there's so much fucking going on in the frame it was so busy that I was yeah. just like oh, all right okay just gonna like go limp and yeah. enjoy the spectacle of it because
1: <laughs> I kind of almost had to like re-watch the last episode again because I feel like at a certain point it just kind of becomes like a roller coaster and I, know, like, I was it's... like I don't really know what's happening with the plot yeah. anymore like, what's actually happening, until you get to the point where they kill Hopper, like, that whole episode in the mall and stuff is
0: like, what the fuck? Whoa, yeah. wait. Is yeah, it dead? What happened? It's so okay. slow moving, like, I felt myself getting impatient with, like, Joyce having, taking forever to turn the two keys and things like that, while at the same time, there was so much yeah. going on, so I was bored, but overwhelmed with what was in the frame at the same time, <laughs> and I was like, this is a, yeah, this isn't working. There's something weird about this episode. It's just like, yeah, it's, I think yeah. it's mostly about piecing and directorial choices, but it's like, woof.
1: Yeah, that last episode felt kind of messy, and I'm not sure why exactly that is. But like, the visuals yeah. didn't help. Like, like mixing yeah. those two looks. But I will wanted to point. You know, what we didn't talk about was Billy. I liked Billy this year. That may be something I should have pointed out early. He was fucking creepy as shit all year. He, no, he, he did was. a really good job. Yeah, like, he was really good all year. Yeah, and like his getting mind flayed, I guess. Um, yeah. Was probably one of the scariest scenes in the whole yeah. season. Like it yeah. had a really good horror pacing to it for that whole yeah. stretch. Yeah, and then his body horror and everything with yeah, yeah. like being yeah. possessed and like getting it, having it like you know give him a fever and like in the shower and everything. And yeah, okay, but to be clear, he's a, still a high school student. I don't think so. Uh, no, right? I think he's like I think he's, he's like in that his 20s? like kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I th- yeah, I think so. I think he's that kid that like maybe dropped out and is now just working as the, you know, as a lifeguard
0: the kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Cause that, the whole sexualization of Billy by all the fucking <sighs> wine moms was like, yeah, that's still pretty <laughs> creepy to me. Even though it's
1: clearly reciprocated with Mike's mom, it still weirds me out.
0: Yeah. That whole plot line. was. I'm glad they dropped that shit. I was like, okay, yeah. thank you, Mrs. Wheeler for making the correct choice. And but then we're just not going to talk about it ever again, please. Yeah. Like, god damn, that was bad. That was so bad. <laughs> that was more cringe that I did not need in my life. Like, oh, oh, oh I hated it. Yeah. I hated it so much. And the fact that they were like also like hating on the girl lifeguard Heather, like they oh, hate yeah. her voice, and they're like waiting for him to show up and like just like bashing her. I was just like, there's nothing good about this. Why are you doing this? Like, this is supposed to endear us to the the moms of. The town or make us hate them. I don't know. It's just like, just, I, do, I want it off my screen. But like, yeah, I agree. I agree that Billy, like, was a much better character this season than he was last season. He's a good actor, he, though, actually. I he thought he was doing a really good job. So, yeah. It was just like, he, they finally gave him some redeeming qualities. And then they killed him. And then they killed him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that for this kind of show, that's basically to be expected. If you're going to go troporific the way this show is gone, yeah, you're going to redeem the kid and then you're going to kill him because you're just the laziest writers in Hollywood at this point, apparently. or something.
0: <laughs> well, the Duffer Brothers and D&D could go head-to-head, maybe,
1: and see who's
0: <laughs> <much> the worst. <laughs> <All right. laughs> anyway. Well, going
1: back to Billy, like, I agree I was pretty happy with him as sort of like the vehicle villain, because you can't really show the Mind Flayer's intentions through the Mind Flayer, so you have to have Billy sort of, he'd be his voice, see his avatar or whatever, but the one thing I wasn't crazy about, what did you guys think about Elle sort of saving Billy by like using his memory of her mother and everything?
0: Trophy yeah. kind of like out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed like if they were going to play up, you need to access certain deep memories to get people to, like, I guess they kind of touched on it with Will last season, but it didn't really like it, That wasn't really the thing that got Will saved was like, Reaching for his memories it was the heat, mm-hmm. right it was like a scientific like right, right. cause and effect yeah. so the fact that we're going back to this like you need to find the emotional resonance to save the people and like disconnect them from the mind player thing we already knew that that didn't really work in season 2 yeah. so why is that now a thing in season 3 i don't know it didn't work for me overall
1: i agree yeah that was one of the things that kind of took me out like i'm just really didn't resonate with me and that whole like emotional appeal trope is I'm really bored with that it's one that every time I notice it I'm like oh god that just fucking took me right out of this They're like
0: but I love you yeah I know you're in there somewhere but don't you remember all the good times we had and all this horses- oh, god. And like, I have been tired of that trope since I watched Sailor Moon in 1995 like they've been doing that <laughs> For a really fucking long time, like before, even before then, but that's where I first encountered it yeah. with the fucking tuxedo mask thing. And I've seen it so many times. <laughs> Ghostbusters, yeah. there is no Dana, only Zool. Exactly.
1: First, I was just going to say, I'm like, first of all, like, I am at, like, we're Star Trek fans, boys. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. we see this shit all the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a trope that I was like, all right, <sighs> just check it off the list, boys. Just check it off the list. That's all they did all year was just like, hey, here's a trope. Like, it's like they were on TV tropes, and we're like, hey, what's an <laughs> 80s TV tropes page? And yeah. we like, looked at it, and we're like, we got to do this, 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 and this. And that's what this season's scripts have to hit. We don't care about plot. I don't care about making Hopper not make Mark and everybody else who's watching the show want to kill themselves. We don't care <laughs> about any of this stuff. We just want to hit all these TV tropes points, because that's what it felt like they were doing all year. Yep. The one thing that that did give the opportunity for Billy to have like his little redemption moment where he saves Elle. So I was like, I was okay with that, but I wish we'd gotten there a different way, basically. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because Elle and Billy never really had any interactions in season two. So like, we haven't really, their interactions are almost all with a sci-fi thing blocking their ways, like Mm -hmm. with the mind players. So we don't really know how they interacted in any true, real sense. Mm -hmm. Like, they never had a moment outside of the plot where they were like just interacting with they're like obviously Elle and Max have gotten really close, but like Max and Billy had so little interaction this season too. Yeah. That it it felt like well a little hollow and a little hollow, yeah. a little forced. Like it was just kinda of like, well, oh so they're connected now because of like the mind flare. Like the mind flare, the plot point, but it didn't yeah. feel like good character development at all. Yeah. Like, no. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel right.
1: All right. We talked a little bit about sort of production and effects and stuff like that. For the most part, I agreed sort of at the end. Yeah. There's some jankiness with like the, the different styles kind of meeting, but there's no denying that for like 90% of the season, the fucking production design is right on point. Like you, like you feel like you're in 1985, like small town America kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to shout out. I do have a friend that actually worked on the show. Cause it was all filmed in Georgia. My friend Celia did a bunch of uh, costume work on the show. Nice. So, and the costumes are always fucking on point on this show, right down to like yeah. Popper's shirt you can buy at like Hot Topic and shit now. And yeah. w- when the series was airing, she posted a picture on Facebook of her wearing Popper shirt print socks that I think like they had given like the whole costume department.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. Uh, the hair and makeup design as well. So yeah. Like I noticed it a lot with uh, Nancy and Mrs. Wheeler, like mm-hmm. very like 80s style. Um, yeah. Teased, hair teased them. hair and everything.
1: Teased hair, yeah. heavy, yeah. heavy eyeshadow. <laughs> like the, the, as soon as I started noticing the the teased the bright, hair and the heavy eyeshadow, I'm like, oh, the bright ass red oh lipstick. And yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, L. A. is happening right now. Like you can feel like Motley Crue happening somewhere in the distance. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. all that teased hair. Yeah. Here it yeah. is. Yeah. And things are getting ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the mall, like the fucking mall, like felt like my hometown mall. Yeah, yeah. and it is. It's a mall near Duluth, Georgia, which is. A suburb of Atlanta uh, called the Gwinnett Place Mall that was made in 1984, and has not been uh, updated and is basically for the most part abandoned now. Uh, and so it was perfect. I was gonna say is like a dirt mall, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was p- absolutely fucking perfect for the yeah, you yeah. know for the season, right? So you know they just put all these old signs up, you know, fucking like Radio Shack and the Gap, you know, a good yeah. mix of like fictional and real historical stores and everything. I saw like a, a Grandin Toy sign yeah. in like the background of a couple shots yeah. and I was like, Oh man, that those signs haven't existed in like two hundred years. Yeah. Like it's been <laughs> a millennia since Grandin Toy
0: existed
2: as a yeah. thing. So. Yeah.
0: I like the mix of the, the makeup and practical effects in the hospital scene when Jake Busey is chasing down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was such a visceral fight. That was another one where like this is a P show because they like Nancy's fucking wailing on Jake Busey with a fire extinguisher and it's just like, Oh my god. Yeah. It was like it was crunchy. And then they yeah. when they melted, I thought that worked because like the tone and the coloring of the hospital really worked with the the mind flare the the melty Monster, the Mind Flare. Yeah. yeah, they don't just so, feel like
1: Resident Evil or like it Silent did. Hill yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Did. it felt like, it felt like a good much. horror game. I was like, like this is American Creed. McGee's Alice or some shit like that, yeah, yeah. 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 I always think Silent Hill because they use the the upside down' is just the other side, yeah. yeah, from Silent Hill, really, so
0: but the Mind flare looked like the liquor from Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah, like
1: a... have you started 2 yet?
0: Start yeah, yeah, actually that was going to be my uh this week. Oh, I, nice. Uh, yeah. finally started getting into Resident Evil too.
1: They're fucking wow. gross in that game. Oh, oh my man, god, are they gross.
0: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll get too, it that.
1: And did I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that happened in my hometown. It happened a little bit later, but like the mall opening up and then like killing the downtown. Ranford's downtown was a ghost town for like 20 years. That's why going back to fucking Silent Ooh. Hill. Silent Hill the first Silent Hill movie was filmed in downtown Brantford, and the joke was that they had oh. to like clean up downtown Brantford to make it look like an abandoned wasteland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that that absolutely yeah. happened. Like, there's the Linden Park Mall that was probably built like right around the same time that pulled all yep. this business away from our downtown core.
0: There was we had two every mall in Penn
1: Center. Yeah, we had two in Saint Catharines that were built in the '80s, and like downtown because like, our dad's office was downtown. Like when we were growing up, so we would go downtown. The only thing to do was like there was one record store yeah. right mm-hmm. and there was one comic book store and the Lynn's hobby Uptonen. shop
0: yeah which like became mostly comics mostly comics
1: which is still there so shout out to mostly comics if you're in St. <laughs> Catharines you should go buy shit from uh, I think, hopefully Bev's still working there but you know if she's not buy shit from yeah. uh I don't know who, the guy who bought it's name anyway it doesn't matter but yeah there's three things to do downtown and there was an arcade for a little while but like other than that once those malls opened, yeah St. Catharines downtown was a fucking ghost town too yeah. so
0: yeah, but there's been downtown Renaissance in St. Catharines to an extent, I think. But I haven't lived there for a long time.
1: Yeah, downtown Brantford's had like a revitalization too. So anything, we already talked about some of like the weird writing bits and stuff like that. Was there anything, well, actually, before we move on from that, this is also sort of production notey. I wanted to shout out the soundtrack again this season. It was fucking right on point. Mm-hmm. Like, they always do a great job yeah. of like, having some like, you know, standards but also some sort of lesser known eighties music and that sort of thing. And they always slotted in really well into certain scenes. Yeah. Um including the fucking instant classic for me, that never ending story scene with, with Dusty oh Dustin God. and Susie. I hate that fucking movie so goddamn much. Like I hate it. It's not even like it scares me. It's just like I, I feel like that movie literally is never ending. It feels fucking eternal <laughs> to me. But that song was like everywhere that fucking year. And I still love that the song from it to this day. And but like that yeah. just perfectly encapsulated that, you know, sort of cute, innocent childhood romance kind of thing that uh, Dustin and, and his girlfriend have.
0: Yeah. I liked that moment and I like wanted it to end, but I like that they played up <laughs> yeah. all the other characters just like dead panning. <laughs> just like they're all just like mortified that this is going on. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, okay. So you guys know that this is terrible deal okay. that was that yeah, was one of the yeah. times
1: that brought me back in with hopper was like yeah. his reaction to that He was like, what the fuck is happening right now and just yeah they edited that scene really really well yeah i'll give them that one for the editing on that him on the radio with i wish i could remember the character's name but like the paranoid uh no. murray yeah with murray and he's calling me Bald Eagle. Bald Eagle and <laughs> shit like that i was like i'm this is great dustin just give dustin his own show <laughs> He's fucking hilarious yeah oh well, they did give him his own show and he made a prank show where he like made people think they were losing their jobs. And yeah, that's a whole thing too. Oh
0: my God. Yeah. No, I didn't know yeah, about that, yeah. but I mean, like <laughs>
1: I was thinking like, you know, give him a sitcom yeah. where, like it was scripted because <laughs> he's funny. Not like let him be a 13 year old asshole with a bunch <laughs> yeah. of money. Kind yeah. of <laughs> sounds like yeah. he did. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I want to say too, while we're talking about Susie, there's a, a wizard of Oz poster in the back of Susie's room. And I had that in my room growing up, like for 15 fucking years or something like that. So that was just another one of those things that was just like they're able to capitalize on these things that were just fucking everywhere, you know that yeah. you know yeah. are just these little pieces of your childhood. But then it, not only during that scene with the never ending story theme, but later on when Lucas and Max are giving Dustin shit about oh, it, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're singing at him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. <laughs> one of my favorite musical cue moments was when Joyce goes to visit the science teacher and My yeah. Bologna by Weird Al Yankovic is oh, playing it, right. the door yeah. goes up. And was all like, 80s nerd, like, personified, <laughs> that was a very... Fucking real very early Weird Al. Moment. Yeah.
1: I fucking love Weird Al. Like, that shit's gold. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that tracks yeah. for me. I'm, I'm, in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Start playing Derby Stupid at some point, I'm just like, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. So there you go. And I've
0: also been, like, using an 80s workout playlist for going to the gym, and uh, Material Girl has been on it quite a lot, and when that was playing while they were having their shopping montage, I was oh, like, yes, yeah. Yeah, seems correct. Yeah, yeah. Madonna yeah. hates that song and never performs it anymore, but I still think it's one of her best. So yeah. what, are, what are you gonna yeah. do? Anyway. <laughs> she doesn't perform Material Girl anymore? She hates being referred to as Material Girl because she's, like, tried to be a deep artist with, like, art things, and, like, <laughs> Ray of Light yeah. era, like she doesn't. Yeah, she went on record saying like that she doesn't like performing it anymore. But
1: yeah, oh, that's too bad. It's like her best song. <laughs> anyway, there was some writing stuff I wanted to talk about. We have to because like it just feels like we're going to fight. <laughs> well, we can we can talk about bad writing stuff too. But some stuff no, I okay. really liked. Like I mean, the whole you know quote unquote gang using their knowledge of nerdy things to process and understand and relate to the side down and the mind flare like. Calling the ones that come under its thrall, like the Flayed and stuff like that. That is one of those things that just continues to work for me on this show.
0: Yeah. The kids all have a lexicon for how to talk about these things because they're they all nerds and like the non nerd characters just kind of have to go along with it and be like, oh, okay, yeah. I like that they're all having their own frame of reference. Like Erica is a My Little Pony political yeah. song. Yeah. And a Robin obviously really likes like spy genre. Yeah, and all yeah. that like and
1: i like that call out that you know where dustin is like yeah you're still a nerd you're just a different kind of nerd than i am but you still got your yeah. shit like yeah. just fucking own it and she's like all in denial i was like no i'm not a nerd i do that to the sports guys yeah. all the time because i'm like how many stats do you have memorized about this dumb bullshit yeah. and you're calling me a nerd fuck the fuck yeah. off boys yeah. it's, it's just my comic books are way more interesting than your fucking fantasy football yeah yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um what else i mean the, the one little writing note or plot point or whatever I really liked was the gang fucking with Dustin uh, when he gets back from camp where Elle has all the toys like come to life and start like you know, marching out into the living room, I thought, and then and then fucking <laughs> <laughs> Dustin sprays Lucas in the I eyes with like, hairspray that he yeah. got <laughs> from Steve in the last
0: season, yeah
1: <laughs> Was that in the trailer? Like, did they show that ahead of time? Because I felt like that whole scene, I saw that beforehand It was a playback to the previous season, right? Where the little little demodog, I think, was controlling some of the stuff. I don't know, Paul. You just watched season two, wasn't there some of that in season? Yeah, I think
0: so. But again, like, yeah, (laughs) did I repress season two that quickly? Maybe I did. I don't know. Sounds like
1: you did, buddy. Sounds like (laughs) you did. We did because I don't remember anything about that. I actually was thinking about going back and watching the the first two seasons again before the season aired because I was like. I really don't remember what happened in season two whatsoever, but just watch the recap. Yeah, Exactly. I was like sanity prevailed and I just watched the fucking recap and I was yeah. fine. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. There's another moment that like, just made me think like, okay, I'm glad that they did that was they really do show a limit to Elle's powers. Like when she talks about like having to recharge her batteries after she fucking straight up slaughters those Russian dudes with the car yeah. in the food yeah. court. That was a, uh... Pretty intense. Well, that was like, another one that tonally okay, was like, yeah. I was like, that's that's a lot for the show. Yeah,
0: and they were pretty cavalier about it. Like,
1: <laughs> but I was like, is somebody going to mention the fact that this thirteen-year-old girl just <laughs> fucking murdered six people or however many guys it was? She doesn't seem the least bit traumatized that she just ended their lives. Yeah, she just fucking trashed those fucking guys, and I was like, um, <laughs> is somebody going to have like a parent moment and be like, uh, are you okay? Like, are you tra- yeah. like you need? Are you in shock right now? Because you just killed fucking four men. I know they were coming at you and shit. But, like, yeah. you just she killed four people. <laughs> all right.
0: I don't understand why she even used the car when she could have... We know she can, like, pinpoint accurately disarm these people. Like, Yeah. There was I think a... she was
1: trying to take them all out in a hurry kind of thing. I
0: guess I think that, but, like, she easily could have done that by like, just She could have just...
1: Yeah. pushed the car into them and not crushed them with it too. Like she could have knocked them back with the car. But she fucking and got massive through the car on top of them. Like she fucking murdered four dudes. Like it wasn't I don't know. All right. Yeah. I remember while because I was watching and being like, um is anybody gonna say anything
2: about that? What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah. She just she fucking murdered four people. All right, cool. Like, I guess they're it's just, Russians.
0: Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. No,
1: they're dirty uh, communists, so yeah. fuck them. I don't. Whatever. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And the other thing that I did really like with Elle was uh, they've done a really good job of showing her grasp of English gradually getting better. And a lot of these sorts of like sci-fi shows or whatever, it's like you see, you know, this character that is gradually getting an idea of the English language, and then like you flash forward, like in this case, like a year later. And they're speaking like super fluent English kind of thing. But that's not really, you know, there's much more of a learning curve to it than that. So I think that they're doing a really good job of showing that her English is getting better, but that she still is obviously having some you know, delayed development on it kind of thing. So that was a writing note I was happy with.
0: Yeah, as an English teacher, I was appreciative of that because even the kids who've been learning English for three years still have some grammatical weirdness to the way they they say things yeah, like the way that she weird says,
2: and stuff. I, I dump your ass yeah. yeah like that was like yeah I dump your
0: ass
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely something I could see my kids saying Like, it
1: definitely came off as like an English as a second language kind of yeah. thing Like, so the, how you would yeah. put the phrase together is different yeah. but I mean I guess her English is her first language she just didn't learn any language until recently yeah she was totally nonverbal until like three years ago or something like that so. yeah so. in weird writing shit I did was not happy with I mean there's still some big old fucking unanswered questions in this season for me like we still don't really we didn't really learn any more about the upside down in this season like what it is like the beings that inhabit it like why they're doing what they're doing anything like that which you know there's only so long gonna start getting to like lost territory where there's just like you're not telling anybody anything and you're just adding more and more complicating right. elements kind of thing to it yeah. and you've got to start a- revealing the underlying mythology to this at some point point. and um, yeah, that was my my last big what the fuck is going on with this show whereas like they didn't move the plot of the actual overarching series stranger things forward in this season at all they added a of randomly yeah and they did some yeah. stuff but it was basically like well you know all that experiment stuff that was happening that we kind of stopped last time. Well, now it's going to restart. It's Russians. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, it's a Scooby Doo ending. I mean, it's it like, is. It's totally like a a, the, ending. yeah, like it's that the meddling kids spoiled the plan again. And yeah. we will do this ad nauseum until they decide that they want to end the show. So yeah. that's what it like, feels like.
1: Which would be fine if they actually told us what was going on. Like, again, like Tim was saying, like, I am curious about the upside down and all this stuff. And I want to know what's going on in Hawkins. But they don't seem particularly preoccupied with doing that they seem more preoccupied with like hey we're gonna have fun with russian goofiness and and all our kids are gonna be in love with each other because they're all 13 and annoying and hopper's gonna yell at joyce a lot but we're not actually gonna tell you what's actually happening like all the horror stuff that you as a nerd because you're a nerd watching the show want to know about the mythology of the show we're never gonna fucking tell you i'm like good we're hitting that lost level of just me being annoyed Mm -hmm. that's good that was my big note for this year was like is there a myth arc anymore? Like, are we doing any of this story? Like, what's happening with all this stuff? Why is this gateway in this town? Like, where are these fucking demon things coming from? Like, is it kids' imagination and the fucking gateway meshing together and causing all this crap to happen in the real world? Yeah. Nobody's gonna tell me. Somebody tell me what's going on, because otherwise, yeah.
0: I don't want to watch Hopper yell at Joyce anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't get any real insight into what the mind is like we know that its goal is to kill everyone okay fair like that's yeah it's you know, like a big apocalyptic evil, evil level thing. Thing. Yeah, but like but why <laughs> why and what what are like its powers seem to be you know like kind of nebulous and like they seem to grow or like i don't know is
1: like this is a problematic thing to say probably because of the joss whedon connection but it's like all these fuckers need to go watch that episode, like a season of buffy to learn how to fucking put a story together properly and over and, like, like, story and- yeah, yeah and like give the villain a proper goddamn like motivation and tell me why things are happening cuz yeah. like those first 3 years of buffy he was real good about like this is the villain this is why the villain's doing the thing yeah. you believe the villain's doing that thing for that reason and they stick to that the whole year none of this shit happens in stranger things like i don't know what's going on yeah, yeah. so you know. yeah, yeah. And, then, and then going along with that too like that green fucking goo that uh, eric is joking about like drinking about that starts like eating through the floor yeah. We never fucking find out what that is or what it's doing or why it's there or anything like that. Like, maybe it's implied it's like the fuel for the machine or something, but nothing is ever explicitly said. It's like, here's right. some I nebulous green fucking goo that is just here. If they put turtles in it, I assumed it would turn them into <laughs> ninja mutants. That was what I was kind of running with. I was thinking more turtle soup, but. Yeah, I was thinking if somebody got splashed in the eyes, they would go blind, but have enhanced senses and dress up as a devil and beat people up in the streets. So yeah. it w- One or the other, but like, yeah, I was like, what are we, is anybody going to answer? And it's again, it's the same problem though. Yeah. Is anybody going to answer any of the questions that we have introduced in this show? And the answer is no, we're just going to do the Lost thing and just keep piling questions on until you've watched six seasons of this shit. Except with a bunch of nostalgia heaped onto it. On top. Yeah. Right. Instead of, instead of hot people, you've got nostalgia. So that's the reason why you're watching it compared to Lost, right? Yeah. Lost was just like, here's a bunch of pretty people in a mystery. Have fun. Like, all right, cool. It's great. Except I was there for the mystery, not the hot people. And so I, I watched Lost all the way through, but there was definitely a, a couple seasons in the middle where I was like, I don't right, even know what's cards. happening anymore. I'd like, yeah, yeah. lose track of the plot of Lost for like episodes yeah. at a time and just be like, I got to just whole, watch the whole season, I guess, because I don't it know. It pulled it out at the end for me, at least, but mm, uh, no, there was definitely was... some some weird time in the middle. No, at the end of the last episode, I was like, I don't know. Well, that's one of those like most divisive yeah. finales of all time, kind of thing. Yeah. We can do that episode someday. That's going to require a lot of time commitment, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm rewatching lots. There's just no. Fun <laughs> sorry, boys. Like I just can't do it. Uh, I'll watch a recap on YouTube and then do the episode. <laughs> <sighs> the very last thing I want to say is something, Mark. Well, a couple more things. One is the 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 new Coke placements. Definitely became obtrusive at a point. Yeah. All the product placement. Especially in the grocery store. See, I thought the one in the basement where they stopped the episode so that he could describe (laughs) the taste (laughs) of the new Coke. I was like, holy shit, this is (laughs) obnoxious. And honestly, the new Coke doesn't taste that fucking good. I just drank a whole can of it. Classic's better. Come at me. You know what I mean? But like, holy shit. That was a real obnoxious bit. (laughs) They did in the break in the middle of an episode. It's like, this episode is going to grind to a halt for 90 seconds and we're going to do a commercial yeah. for a product that's not even available in stores anymore.
0: Why? The 7-Eleven and Burger King product placement with, with Hopper and oh, Toy geez. was just yeah. a lot. And they're like bitching about the fucking cherry Slurpee and like, oh my God. That, that one worked for me. But yeah, I like the scene because like I like the whole we're going to let him take off and let him realize like that he's tied his own noose on this one. But, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, just like the Burger King. Was it Burger King that they were eating? I think it was Burger it King. It was Burger King. Yeah. 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 It was just a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of product yeah. placement. And I think they made like $15 million in product placement. I was just
1: going to say this show wasn't been super profitable before they even, like, shot a frame of it because they were like, there's a commercial for fucking Coke in like three episodes of this thing. And on top of that, we're just basically product blasting like 7 Eleven, Burger King, everything else that is 80s. That is still around. So, yeah. When they're paying Winona Ryder and David Harbour, like, 350k an episode, and, like, each of the main kids are getting, like, a quarter mil an episode. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Over 200,000 an episode, reportedly. (sighs) And they were making 20 grand an episode in season one that money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah well I guess that's where you get not all of it's gonna come from Netflix. No, I guess the product placement like comes naturally then. But like it was obtrusive this time out. At... So maybe season four is all yeah, product placement. Like... It's like the fucking the stranger things yeah. shopping network. Yeah.
0: The mind player just like <laughs> takes over like with it cute or whatever starts talking like basically like it's like it
1: would be like the fucking the mind flayer becomes the WB toad that's like Hawk and wares from the WB store or those old commercials yeah yeah am i dating myself too much with that reference yeah all right yeah no i, remember. Oh. I was, basically that's what i'm thinking yeah. the mind flayer becomes the netflix wb frog yeah. that's a long walk but like <laughs> we're there now
0: i think it would be super cool if they did like the mind flayer turns into like media from american gods and they starts talking
1: no, nah, I know you're crossing streams. That's an Amazon Prime show, I think. Ah, I don't there think you works Alright. Now it starts. It stars? Stars? shows up on Amazon Prime, yeah, though, right? Like, streaming? Yeah, I haven't watched it on right. Amazon Prime.
0: Stranger Things doesn't mind borrowing certain things from certain shows. so I don't see why they couldn't do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bar-
1: I like borrowing isn't like, the show's not just blatant plagiarism. Like it is, like, nostalgia. So, yeah. alright. There's that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have, like, a couple final closing things, but do you guys have anything else you wanted to call out, good or bad? We didn't talk at all about, like, Nancy and Jonathan, and Jonathan like, because they were around, but, like, I wasn't ever really invested in their shit this season, although they do, like, I like some of their sort of sleuthy, newspaper-y kind of stuff. I just I think you're so overwhelmed by, like, the, the shittiness of her co-workers that you're like, her plot yeah. kind of gets lost a little bit in, like, all that kind of, like, Oh, wow, we're really like leaning hard on this it's shitty being a woman in the workplace in the 80s, kind of like whatever they were doing thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And like, the,
1: so their actual plot of them like going and chasing down, cause they were kind of like doing the main plot work, like the main legwork for the plot of like, chasing the rats and like yeah. finding out the people are getting all grossed up Uncovering, and stuff right yeah. but like i didn't care the whole time because it was basically about the two of them bitching at each other cuz she hated her coworkers and he needed the job and they just couldn't get their shit together i guess i don't know what the plot of that point of that was yeah, so,
2: yeah.
0: plots were more closely linked this season mm. than they were last season so i appreciated that but there's even though they did have like the first interaction with the melty mind player stuff they still felt like the least consequential of the bunch yeah. when really like yeah. should they have been the least consequential? I don't know. There was just something about the way that their story hit that felt less important than the other two. Well I
1: think they got lumped in with the kids faster too. Like it felt like they didn't have their own plot as long, that they re- they were kind of going along on their own, but eventually they get brought in with like Elle and everybody else. Like about
0: earlier than earlier than, than everybody Hopper else and Hopper Ghost. and but even yeah. even Dustin and Steve were yeah. still
1: off on their own. Yeah. Where they kind of get lumped in with the kids, and it's like they're gone. That's kind of their plot being over at that point. So, yeah. which is too bad because I like those two. I like the girl anyway. Like the Jonathan character does fucking nothing for me. He's like the biggest style tone on this show. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. One thing that brings up something that I I think the show's done pretty well overall, but this season did pretty well is that everybody does sort of have their role to fill and it is very much in character with them. Like for instance, Jonathan, like he's the one that figures out why the car is not running kind of thing that, you know, that Billy took the uh, ignition cable and shit like that. And like, so they're good at putting in those little notes where it's like, we were talking a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever right now about maniac mansion, that game where like each of the characters had like certain strengths and certain weaknesses. And they're good at playing to those and saying like, Hey, this, we need this person in here so that they can, make this logical jump or fix this thing or something yeah. like that that's another thing that they do well in terms of you know those 80s movies like had like look at goonies you know they had short round kid that is the one that has like all the gadgets and stuff like that and you have sean ashton character that's the one that's like the spirit keeping everybody yeah. motivated and, and all that sort of I mean, stuff that's and... nerd adventure tropes writ large right like that's star trek in a nutshell Like yeah. you have your engineer you have your science guy you have your doctor you have your captain you have that like you for that situation, you have everybody. You need to do all the stuff you need to do in that scenario. This is just, yeah, yeah, the nerd like the Stranger Things version of that kind of idea. No, it works really well. I do like mm-hmm. that. You're right. Like that's that's something they do do properly. Like they give everybody something to do. Yeah, very rarely feels gratuitous. Yeah. Anything else you guys have before we sort of close out? Can we just reiterate Fuck Hopper this year. God damn, Fuck Hopper. Yeah, that was seriously, Fuck Hopper. I really wonder whether it was writing choice, directorial choice, acting choice, or some combination of those three. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like it's got to be writing to an extent. It has to be. I think it was the writing. I was, it was so bad to the point where when I saw that he was cast in Black Widow, I fucking groaned. I was like, I don't yeah. want to watch him in that. Like, I don't want him to be in that. Yeah, especially not in a movie with, you know, the biggest fucking badass female yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Because all I'm going to want to watch him do... Yeah. Her have her beat the shit out of him the entire time. Because the entire time he's probably gonna be melting off at her and she's gonna be like, ha, keep talking, shithead. And eventually you're gonna be like, "Yeah, she's gonna kick his ass and you're gonna be like, fuck finally. But that's yeah. kind of all yeah. I want out of that movie now is to watch Natasha beat the shit out of Hopper. So Yeah. That would be, that would be very be, satisfying.
0: It would be
2: what <laughs> <it? laughs>
1: Well, let's move on then to just sort of final thoughts, give a rating out of 10 for Stranger Things season 3, Paul.
0: I'm going to give this season a 7.5 out of 10. Like it overall worked better than season 2. It was it didn't have the impact of season 1, but it was yeah. co- a competently made season that had some some serious drawbacks that won't push me into like a an 8.0 or higher. Definitely like certain characters like Hopper were aggravating to watch and some of the tropiness really like braided on me but overall I think I had fun watching it for the most part like <laughs> I, it's it's strange to say but like I'll yeah I'll settle on a seven point five and say that you know I'll give it another season but if it keeps going in the direction I think it's going I think I might drop this show
2: yeah All
1: right. Mark I'm in the. Uh, I'm going to say, if we want to go number rating, like this is a six for me, I think this year. Oof, yeah, five. Okay. I was having an, like, you know what the problem is? That I, I watched it twice because, like, I wanted to take notes and, like, I knew we were going to review it. um And I wasn't really paying attention to it the first time I watched it, but I had a good time with it. So I'm like, oh, it'll be fine to sit through again. Holy shit. The second time through killed the Like <laughs> You yeah, had discovery syndrome for it? It was very much discovery syndrome. I was like, none of this makes sense. This plot sucks. Thank God they cast Maya Hawk to act with Steven and uh, (laughs) because otherwise I would have fucking bounced on the season probably in episode two. I think Hopper got to me in episode two, where I was like, I'm done. I don't want to watch him do this anymore. And like the kids at that point, like I have a very low threshold for like bad child acting, which we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, but I also have a very low threshold for like teen girl kind of afternoon movie tropes. Mm. So like all the kids being in love and dating and all that kind of stuff, which is just the kind of crap my sister made us watch Ad Nauseum when we were growing up. Like she loves that and she still to this day loves that kind of stuff. Like, oh, it's, oh my God. anyway. I hate that shit. So I was watching the kids do like, oh, they're all they all have crushes on each other and stuff and I was like Yeah. Teenage hormones out of control. I was like, Yeah, I've seen this movie five hundred times. I don't care. Yeah. I'm almost forty, I'm over it, like I don't care. So Fair enough. Anyway. Let's see. I I also like Mark watched it twice, but uh, I didn't have the same like fallout watching it through the second time that Mark did. There were a couple things I picked up the second time, but there were also things I picked up on my second viewing that I enjoyed, like some of the you know re- visual references and yeah. stuff like that that I didn't get the first time. So say overall, my second viewing was was a wash compared to the first. I probably give season three an eight out of ten. I was pretty happy with it overall. I didn't have, you know, the number of issues with it that you guys seem to have, but definitely do. I think most, if not all, of your points were valid. They just didn't detract from me as much yeah. because I'm maybe just a, a little more prone, a little more willing to just sit down and take this as like the fucking nostalgia bomb that it is. Yeah, I just, I, think, I want everything to be Deadwood now. I guess like I want them to like I want <laughs> people to actually put thought into their writing, and I kind of am tired of watching stuff that like it feels like nobody cares what's happening in the plot at all it's just like shit happening and product placement and like you know, yeah that's <laughs> nostalgia i'm like that's not really what i'm here for anymore yeah. granted i again marvel show i don't know so i don't know pick my shit with a grain <laughs> of salt. But, but yeah the the hopper thing definitely fucking really detracted for me it was the biggest thing but uh, I'm pretty interested to see, like, I-, I liked where they left this season. Like, there were some big changes, some big shakeups, the buyers and L moving away. So I'm interested to see how they handle season four now that they've got some distance between these characters geographically and, you know, kind of maybe psychologically as well. So I'm interested for season four. Last question before we move on to Geekred. Who do you think the Russians have? Hopper. Okay, that's the obvious answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, Paul, are you also a hopper?
0: Yeah, yeah, probably.
1: But what if it's Barb? Why would it be Barb? She was dead. They buried her. That's. I mean, okay. They never. They never had a body for Barb. She was dead in the un- upside down. We saw her dead. They were, We don't know how death works in the upside down. We don't know that the Russians maybe were able to pull Barb out. You're giving this fucking show way too much credit. Like, there's no fucking I, way they're working that hard. They're just not. Working except. I mean, Barb was such a fan favorite character, and then they realized at the end of the season, like, oh shit, like, we got rid of a potential gold mine here. What are we going to do? I think it would be an awesome pull if, I mean, it could be both. They could have both, right? They did, you know, fucking a year of experiments or something like that, but I think it would be really cool if that's how they bring Barb back as the Russians have had her. And, you know, maybe that's part of season four is rescue Barb from the Russians or something. <laughs> I don't know how you get this crew to, to fucking Russia <laughs> to do yeah, that. I was just gonna say, I'm like, I'm not really sure how you're gonna track that out of Hawkins, but all right,
0: um, yeah. That's where the buyers move to. The buyers move to Russia. Yeah, fuck. They do the, the European vacation like school trip to fucking Moscow or <laughs> something like
1: that. And it's, it's just France, like Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah, well, all right, there you go. Far From Home yeah. is a more current reference. I went with Stripes. How old am I? Yikes! <laughs> all right. I think we need to end the episode. I need to go smoke some weed All right. with old man somewhere else. <laughs> Alright, well, let's do Geek Cred, where each of us pimp something that we have enjoyed either lately or any time. Uh, let's go to Paul first, since you already mentioned it earlier. What are you giving your Geek Cred to this week?
0: I'm giving my Geek Cred to Resident Evil, because like, this, this show obviously took some liberties with the Resident Evil and Silent Hill franchises. Yeah. And I... I've always liked survival horror games, but I've I've really, I I fell off the Resident Evil bandwagon around number five, I guess. I guess a lot of people did once it started going to.
2: Most people did, yeah.
0: Yeah. But the Resident Evil 2 remake is fucking awesome. Like, it feels good to play. It's it's genuinely creepy. The way the camera works, like, gives you, like, visceral chills. It's disgustingly gory if you're into (laughs) that sort of thing. The graphics are fucking amazing yeah. too, eh?
1: Like, it's next level graphics, like, really good.
0: I want to point out, like, early on in the game, you encounter a police officer and he still has his radio playing on his shoulder. And for some reason, I'm playing as Claire. Claire just, like, says, oh, poor guy. And then just watches as his head has been severed, like, from, like, the jaw. All the it's way it's to the, the trailer moment,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a big trailer moment. They showed it in the trailer. It's real gross. Yeah, so. and
0: it's but it's so gratuitous. He's just like poor guy, and then just keeps pulling on his fucking head until it. Well, oh, no, because like, it falls backwards,
1: yeah. and you see it just kind of like pull apart, and it's like double cut, so it's kind of like there's two strips of. It kind of looks like he's coiled as he's falling apart. It's really gross looking. Yeah,
0: he looks like a fucking like like. Basically, <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool to look at.
1: So, <laughs> all real time graphics, my friend. Like, that's yeah. all real time.
0: If you're into zombies and gore and well made video games, Resident Evil 2 Remake and also Resident Evil 7 because that was a good first person shooter. And Resident Evil, yeah, I had a weird experience with Resident Evil 7. That yeah. one, I had a hard time with that one. All right. yeah, that one, like, it kind of follows more of like the amnesia, the of madness uh, yep. type of jump scare thing. But it worked. But Resident Evil 2 remake is like probably
1: classic Resident Evil done right. Done right. so right was it's, kind of a nice, yeah. yeah it it was, was really good.
0: But like a uh, return to form after four, because four was the best one. To be
1: and... Yeah, because I'd played five and six because they were both like they turned into giant action games. And there's all kinds of problematic shit with five that we won't get into. But like five and six just turned into like straight up action games. And six was a poorly made straight up action game. That yeah. was a waste of sixty dollars. I can tell you what. But yeah, this like seven was a return to form that I had problems with. But the remake of two is glorious. So, yeah, yeah. I'll leave, you know what? I'll just I'll fucking I'll back you <laughs> up for geek cred this week. I don't really have a geek cred this week. I was go play Resident Evil 2 because I think now I might go do another run.
0: Yeah,
1: I beat it when it came out. Cause I'm sure I talked about did you it. You beat
0: it as both,
1: oh, of course, Leon and Claire. I yeah. did, I so I did a Leon and then Claire B story run. So now I would oh, probably okay. go do a Claire, Leon B. Claire a. Yeah, Claire A's story this time out, but we'll see. I was going to replay it eventually yeah. and do that at some point. Maybe I'll do that this week. But yeah, yeah. Resident Evil 2 was awesome. Made.
0: Claire is probably my favorite character in the Resident Evil franchise out of all of them. Like, I'm a big fan of her, and I le- loved her code Veronica, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was happy that they actually took the time to make such a good mm-hmm. solid. Anyway, that's my geek thread. Cool. All right. And
1: Mark's apparently as mm-hmm. well. My Greek credit for this week is going to be the final season of Orange Is the New Black, which came out a couple weeks ago now on Netflix. I've watched every season, and it is one of the few like sort of non-genre shows that I watch it's just so fucking well made and really well written. And this season in particular has been—it's not a show you want to watch if you want to be uplifted because this season is offers a very stark look at sort of the business of the immigration detention system obviously very relevant at the moment and like fucking like deportation hearings and that sort of thing and i'm like 20 minutes away from being finished with the finale and it's been a solid season a lot of good moments and great character development and it is a show that sort of tempers the more serious moments with some like pretty relatable humor and that sort of thing as well so yeah definitely recommend that final season of Orange is New Black.
0: I was so oil alert, alert for people. I got through to season three, maybe, or four, with, when Kuse mm-hmm. got murdered. Yeah. That's when I fell off the show, and like, there, there was a big cliffhanger with Daya having a gun to one of the guards' heads, and I just stopped watching it because it was too dour, and mm-hmm. I do plan on finishing it off eventually, because I do want to find out what happens. A lot of these characters, um, but uh, that show is tough to sit through. It's a little too. It's again. one of those shows
1: that, like, I know I, I don't like. But, like, I watched Oz. Okay. I know Origins: The New Black can be pretty dour, but like, it's probably got nothing. no. It's it's nothing. It's got nothing on what Oz was. I won't ever watch a show of said in prison ever again after watching yeah. Oz. So, like, Orange is The New Black, like, I've heard it's great and it's intriguing and stuff like that to me. But I'm like, I, I can't sit through a prison show because that is too depressing for my life. It's nowhere near as depressing as Oz, but well, Oz is yeah. <laughs> Oz is fucking. That's a. Yeah. talk about like? I think we did tough sits, and I probably brought it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we do uh, tough sits, like, it's so well made, but oh my god, it's like harrowing to watch. Unfortunately, it's yeah, it's too realistically made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: When the first episode, you have your fucking narrator get set on fire at the end of it. You know, you're in for a ride, yeah. right? And it's like yeah. it doesn't. It, it gets worse from there somehow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like. Oz. having uh, people
1: get crucified to the floor of a gym and you know yeah really light content like that yeah people to die by eating glass and stuff like that there's a lot of fun shit yeah. that happens in Oz. so Ugh.
2: And that tea. show
1: yeah so orange is the new black sounds great not my cup of tea no more prison <laughs> shows from more. not after and... Oz uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, we've come to the end of uh, Stranger Things Season 3, end of our episode. So if you have any thoughts on you know, our opinions on the show, what you thought about the show, you can share them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at drd underscore podcast. And if you are not already subscribed, you can do so. On basically any podcatching app, be it uh, Stitcher or the Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, so with that, thank you for listening and we shall say goodnight, say good night Paul.
0: Good night everyone,
1: and say goodnight, Mark Good night everybody and I will say good night from the upside down, and we will see you next time. Turn around, tell me what you see.
2: Thanks, I hate
0: it. <laughs>